Welcome to Wacker Slaps, mate, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album, band, or even entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time in it. Like all great podcasts, this is the direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to die, bruv. And now let's hear from a pair of test icicles. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm Noah, and uh, how did we get here, and where do we go from here? <laughs> almost, almost nailed it. Yeah. What did you say? How did we get we'll, here? We'll get to that. Where do we? Where do we go, go now? Go now. Yes. There you go. And I'm your sound boy, Adrian, the selector. And I am Caleb, your host, Jaw War, Warrior. Spiritual battlefield, baby. Welcome nice. to episode, newest episode, Wacker Slaps, everyone. Uh, episode 27. 27 Club. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I think we've talked about this, but my favorite 27 Club is Chris Bell. Uh, from Big Star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's actually uh, statistic or uh, mathematically the oldest member of the 27 Club. What was the deal? He drove his car into a brick wall or something a tree yeah i think so damn hell of a way to go it's good what's dude. that chris no, bell album the, i'm the cosmos dude that shit's good yeah i, I was just listening to that cosmos actually. some good kind of you know Artur pop in. um yeah it's a good record who else what's your favorite member of the 27 club adrian cobain you still riding with your boy <laughs> Kurt, nah. change. <laughs> I mean, always and forever, but uh, I, don't, I like Brian Jones these days. Just thinking about some of his work on those early Stones records. <clears throat> yeah, that swimming pool. What about you? What about you, Noah? You're like a um, Amy Winehouse guy, aren't you? <laughs> Amy hit home. I remember when Amy Winehouse died. I was working at a restaurant and like we had TVs going to so, like the news channel. Every fucking dumbass came in and was like, oh, can't say I'm surprised. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's like, oh, cool. You called like a tortured, like sad artist. Yeah, somebody with young. drug dependency. Problems. Someone with like talent. Like, the fuck have you done? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, fuck all yeah. that. Yeah, and fuck George Lopez, too, for going so hard on poor Amy Winehouse and that Grammy nomination. Wait, what happened there? I must have missed that. I'm up on my Grammys or my George like Lopez. Dave Grohl and George Lopez. I don't know why George Lopez is announcing Grammy that's, nominations. That's about right. He's announcing. <laughs> oh, they, those are the two people there. They just like in LA, they just throw you in with like whoever. Yeah. I was when he had like, who can we, get? we can get Grohl, right? That guy's on speed dial everywhere. He might've been hosting it now that I think about it. Cause he had his late night show at the time, but he was like, he's like Amy Winehouse album of the year. And he's like, she's probably asleep. And he's like fucking drug addict. And it was like, Whoa. Jesus. <laughs> like the Yo, because does he not know how like uh, time zones work? She was probably asleep because she was in London. The cheapest joke. But... That's crazy. There's some pretty good people on this list. We forget about uh, Mia Zapata. Rest in uh, peace. She's yeah. part of the 27 Club. 
Um, who else Jimmy, we got on here? Jim, Janice. Yeah, Jeremy Ward of the Mars Volta. Basquiat, right? Oh, yeah. Basquiat's on there. Oh, and more recently, rest in peace, Fredo Santana. Great, like the Chicago drill guy. Yeah. Basquiat, I think his death anniversary was just the other day. Dang, rest in peace. Um, uh, cool. So what are we doing today? Amy Winehouse back in black. <laughs> yes. Back to black. What's that album called? Ghost faces on there. Did you know yeah. that? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's not the album we're doing, but we, you know, we're staying in that same environ, you know, going to London, mate. Yes. Caleb today we have from the year 2008, the album London zoo by the artist the bug the bug not to be confused with the books that is confusing <laughs> probably should have worked something out well the way you can remember is the books aren't cool and the bug is cool yeah the bugs <laughs> just like naturally cool yeah great dj name great you know beat maker name yeah, that's man. one of the best that just hits that's provocative bugging out. Um, out like giancarlo esposito since 2008 uh <laughs> adrian what did pitchfork.com have to say about london uk zoo, uk about london zoo by the bug from the year 2008 yeah so they gave the bugs london zoo an 8.6 what does that which... convert to in, a, <laughs> in american in pounds or metric I think it's roughly the same. Um, oh, okay. I think they say like eight and a stone or something. <laughs> I think a stone's 14 pounds. Oh, close. <laughs> uh, but they gave it a best new music, and uh, it was reviewed by Nate Patron, who I'm not, I don't really remember any of his, I didn't remember any of his reviews, but apparently he did a, a lot of big ones and he was there for about 10 years. Uh, but I pulled a couple of uh, excerpts from the review. Uh, it's a pretty good review. It, it kind of gives a nice little history of like what was going on at the time and <clears throat> what the bugs whole deal was. But uh, here we go. Sparseness and density tend to work in tandem on London Zoo's strongest tracks. Bass hits at machine gun intervals, leaving deep tube station echoes disintegrating in its wake and giving a number of these tracks a simultaneous sensation of freeness and claustrophobia. Reverberating distorted voices and spare synth melodies close in on you even as they recede into the distance, and the rhythms are so pervasive and locked in that after a while you start hearing the spaces in between as much as you're hearing the beats themselves. The only caveat concerning London Zoo is how far it might skew away from your traditional notions of dance hall, and even then it helps to recognize that, if anything, this record is another manifestation of how London has transformed the sounds of Jamaica to its own ends, from two-tone to jungle to dubstep. It's a tense record, sure, but that tension is palpable in a crossover-friendly way, invoking Babylon and fire while avoiding the more problematic aspects of slack lyrics. It's angry and ferocious, but always triumphant. When it threatens to bust out your windows and rip holes in your speakers, it crackles with a kind of force that makes you want to punch the air as hard as your subwoofers do. So pretty good, you know, pretty evocative uh, of the record, I would say. That little reference to slack lyrics is because slack lyrics were notoriously super sexual. So that, you know, yeah. 
which is surprising from the the land that gave us daggering right as a dance uh, the <laughs> dance move you ever seen those dvds i went to this art show once in santa barbara uh, some people that jen knew and the guy is like he just mixed a bunch of these dvds he bought like somewhere in new york city and they're all just like daggering dvds like competitions <laughs> dude that shit was bugged out it was pretty cool it was like very sexually charged though like yeah and, and violent and just yeah, like yeah people like jumping off tables to like dagger someone and it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not even it pretty, goes beyond fun intense it's like bumping and grinding mixed with like ecw yeah it's like <laughs> leans more toward wrestling and like body horror than yeah, like dude, that's what sometimes sexual that's what fucking dance bumping moves. uglies is you know <laughs> it's animalistic mate it's bugged out so let's get to the elephant in the room this guy's british <laughs> yeah get all your jokes yeah i wasn't having a you know slipping into a weird late in, uh, english accent midlife crisis thing like all la madonna um yeah i was talking in a fake english accent because yeah this guy is from london mate i assume Kevin Martin, I believe is his name. He's a good bloke. And 2000, so what was their deal in the context? I guess that review pretty much kind of stated all the things, the dance hall. But 2008 had that whole kind of dubstep explosion. Yeah. Stuff like this. It was uh, before like dubstep was an ugly word too. Cause you know, that they quickly <laughs> got co-opted by like the bro set. Different. You know, and like, you know, big DJ parties and fucking, you know, sports events and commercials and shit, you know, kind of everything bends that way anyways. But um, yeah, it was definitely a much more like insurgent art form, you know, coming from, you know, a bunch of different undergrounds throughout Europe and, you know, certain big, bigger cities in the United States. So, yeah, I think that was one piece. But I mean, this dude's been I think he dropped his first album like 1996 or something. Yeah. So like, dude, dude was around and part of like a lot of different scenes. And it's hard mm-hmm. to track all that. Us not being English. Right. You guys aren't English, right? No. Fuck no. Yeah. No, I, no I. <laughs> I think me and Noah might be like somewhere down the line. I think our great grandma was an immigrant from jolly old England. But um, th- that's, you know, all that aside, like, yeah, it, she it's, got it's even she moved to San Maria and married Mexicans. So there we know. go. There we go. She got the bug. <laughs> Once you go brown, baby, it's going down. Once you go Mexican, you'll always have sex again <laughs> with a Mexican. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's just it's a very uh, deep scene over there. There's like a lot of different types of music and you know cultural orientations that we're not like. You know, we're just kind of scratching the surface of. And I think at 2007, a lot of journalists, um, you know, were trying hard to, but it was, you know, it was kind of just kind of a mystical landscape of music from over there. You know, it was like, um, you know, there's like, where's garage or grime or two step or dubstep? You know, there's all these like different scenes, divergent scenes, um, all basically, you know, rooted in kind of club and electronic music, but it's just like really dense with musicians and scenes and different regional variations and things so like that was starting to like poke its head up and i think with this album what kind of his deal was he was a bit of a curator for all of that you know was able to kind of synthesize either like through how he 
had influences on his, you know, beats or who is collaborating with, who was like toasting on the track or whatever. It was all from, you know, kind of that whole broad, you know, English musical landscape of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. But it was like London was like, I mean, shit, London's always since like British invasion and stuff. But it was like kind Shout of out like, Dave Clark five. Yeah. But I remember being like, you know, as a, as a hip hop fan in 2008, where it's like, man, England's like killing it now. Like Dizzy Rascal, you know, MIA, this stuff like this. Idris Elba. You know, UK drills kind of coming up. Skepta. So, yeah, it was like, it was like, whoa, this is fucking rad. Even though, you know, the origins of hip hop goes back to this style of toasting and this style of music. So it was kind of like to bring it into the 2000s really had a stamp on the musical landscape at the time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like you guys are saying, uh, the bug or Kevin Martin, he definitely had roots in the, you know, in the London uh, electronic scene for sure. And I think that like his first stuff was kind of way more dub influence and dumb and dub kind of based and he kind of evolved as the sound of like london evolved out of you know uk garage came like you know two-step and other sub genres eventually led to dubstep and and grime uh as kind of the two major ones but he was just kind of always there along the way kind of riding the wave of whatever was going on he's always influenced by that stuff i'll get into it a little bit in the history um yeah but i mean but also like he's coming from an industrial <clears throat> stuff too like because you know he was like in he was in band with justin broderick from godflesh yeah he brought he, he was in napalm death and shit so i mean like even went back into kind of like the heavier kind of more experimental you know um british music of that time but that was all kind of united under you know use of electronics and kind of like progressive you know sounds like that yeah totally i mean he that was one of the things he was really he is known for is that he's always kind of broadening his palette and and trying to you know experimenting with different artists he did that uh uh, record with earth you know that's really pretty good yeah yeah he's always collaborating with you know different um with different artists from different genres so he's very open to that stuff. And I think that that's why, you know, this record does sound very much of its time, but also kind of ahead of its time just a little bit. And also it's, you know, it like you're saying, it incorporates a lot of the stuff that was going on around that time into kind of one package. You know, he presented, uh, you know, all of these kind of, you know, premier dance hall toasters and rappers or whatever. Um, but also just the sounds that he was pulling was all the stuff that was going on at the time. And it was all the stuff that was, po- you know, popping off over here as well. You know, whether it's burial or, or, you know, some of the other, you know, uh, more dubstep stuff, uh, deeper dubstep stuff, like uh, the stuff from Hyperdub or whatever, um, yeah. Hyperdub records. But yeah, it, it, this, this was a really, I would say this is a really exciting time for electronic music. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then eventually, like you're saying, it got co-opted and became, you know, kind of a punchline almost in terms of like uh wait for the drop, you know, style of, of right. dubstep. Skrillification. Right. Yeah. You got, you got, <laughs> yeah. Total. Most hated man in music. But yeah. You had guys <laughs> like, uh, like Andy Stott was like tearing it up. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, zombie. 
Yeah, I was into uh, like Iconica was one of my favorites. Uh, I like Joker a lot too. Um, there's like you know there was a lot of artists that were putting together stuff, and it was the 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 exciting thing was that they all had their own take on the sound. So yeah, um, and and actually the bug had it like King Midas sound, which is his more kind of dubstep focused project um, too. But like they all kind of had brought a unique take, you know, some brought kind of more chip tune video game music style stuff. Others, you know, turned up the dub influence. So it was a little bit more, you know, uh, kind of deeper and darker. And, and there's a lot going on. A lot of these people are super prolific too. So it's like, yeah, they have like a straight up dub project, but then they might be as interested in something that's, you know, more soundscaping and kind of what, you know, more into the kind of ambient and stuff. And then, then they'll make like a third album that's like all kind of those things together and shit. And like, yeah, that's just like really kind of um, really interesting about this whole broad scene of, you know, South London or even, you know, England yeah. and Europe and stuff. It's like, they're just like, you just keep digging and stuff. And like, you know, you're going to find so much music and it's like pulling from such a diverse range of, you know, interests and everything. So, yeah. And it's a perfect album for like the internet age for some yeah for an album to kind of not in a callous way or calculated way to like kind of cash in but it's like the bug is like dude i know all these great artists i'm gonna make like essentially like a comp compilation album that has a through line but it'll like just be a showcase for all these international stars to yeah blow up. totally yeah. And, and you know what it's interesting because this album is kind of in conversation what was going on in hip-hop at the time around like how big the mixtape was even though this isn't like a straightforward mixtape, these aren't remixes or mashups or things. I mean, she's certainly using samples and things like that. And some of the the um, kind of vocal references and stuff are kind of have that function. But yeah, but to just kind of facilitate different MCs, you know, or toasters, vocalists, you know, it's, it's a little different over there than, you know, what we call like a straight up, you know, rapper MC or whatever. But I don't know. I felt like when I was first got into it back and just listen to it now is like oh yeah this you know this it has that vibe as well and that's what was kind of cool about it. i think that was might have like what resonated resonated with you know kids who were listening to you know indie music or whatever hip-hop at the time yeah remind totally. me of those hip-hop uh compilations that you'd get like what were they called like the people's party or something but it'd be like stones throw would always make one and it'd be like you know like just kind of highlighting artists from like around the world like united in one kind of sound yeah yeah 100 totally. all right uh, cool so what um yeah what's the, specifically what, what's kind of the history of this album you know <clears throat> yeah so well i actually was able to find quite a bit from this oral history uh interview with kevin martin and a bunch of the players flo dan ricky ranking and a couple of other guys but according to Kevin Martin, this was recorded over a period of about two and a half years. Uh, although he had, he said he'd been thinking about it for about three and a half to four years, so it was it was you know being conceptualized for quite a while as he's building this thing. It was released by Ninja Tune on July seventh, two thousand eight. Ninja Tune is a really great electronic music, beat based music uh, record label. They put out a lot. I think they distribute brain feeder stuff. You know, they do a lot of that kind of beat, experimental beat stuff and 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 hip hop uh, stuff. So really 
a really great label, but uh, it's the Bugs' third album under this moniker. As we mentioned, he he goes by a different, a few different projects. Uh, Pressure was one of them. Uh, King Midas Sound, who I mentioned, he it just goes on and on. He has like five or six or seven different guys that he records under, and they all have kind of a slightly different flavor, slightly different vibe to them. But the Bug is definitely very dance hall kind of bass sound, dub dance hall sound. And it actually began as a way as a much more dub centered project before it evolved into the sort of heavier dance hall stuff that um, he was known for later. That kind of came about on his second album, uh, the one before this, uh, also called Pressure. But um, according to the Bugs Bandcamp, uh, this record was born of three moments. First, he was introduced to the dubstep scene and its key producers through Code Nine, who was the kind of originator of hyperdub records or he started hyperdub records which came out of a um website that he ran that was uh reviewed and kind of put a lot of these artists in the spotlight and uh and then eventually evolved into the record label and he put out a lot of really influential and super good uh early dub stuff stuff but the bug kevin martin he realized that a lot of those artists were sort of in the same milieu as him on the same sonic trajectory as him. So he was super inspired by that. And the, the second one was he's introduced to warrior queen who really kills it on this record on her uh, future, a couple of tracks. Um, and then he was also introduced to flow Dan and Ricky ranking at a, a session for BBC radio one. And that was a really key meeting too, because those guys came um, really key collaborators and i think he still collaborates with the at least i think flo dan was on the his last latest record um and maybe ricky ranking too but yeah those those guys basically those three were kind of the core members of this uh you know the the core of this album sound and this this record uh being made and the sort of the evolution of martin's you know sound to this point but code nine was the one that pope kind of pushed him to, to put together this record and kind of pushed him to to evolve the dubstep sound because it was kind of what was the hotness at the time was what they were all listening to they were going to you know dubstep nights the there was this famous one called forward which uh, was hugely influential that's kind of where all these dubstep artists would introduce their tracks and that's how a lot of these early london zoo tracks came about they were put on dub plates which is like really quick records you know kind of white label stuff where you press it and then you bring it to your, you know, your DJ pal, and then he'll get 30, 40, 50 of these singles. And then he'll, you know, they'll have a a dubstep night and they'll play them all. Um, So a bunch of these songs were introduced that way. Uh, Jaw War was one. Skang was another one. Uh, Poison Dart was, was another one. That fucking party. Well, from the sounds of it, it, people just fucking went off when this stuff was introduced. Like they play it over and over again at some of sometimes. And the funny thing is like Kevin Martin is describing it and he's like, yeah, yo, I'd be in the studio and I would just be getting, you know, texts and buzzed, you know, uh, calls from, Hit me from on my, my mobile. nine. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. They call text and uh, it's like my mobile letters, <laughs> but it was pop. Yeah. It was popping off. My 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 mobile was all like on, on, <laughs> my cost, mobile. on constant ring. I know. I should have put together a little <laughs> slang book, a little key. 
That was going to be uh, my game, Caleb, doing like cockney rhyming scheme and tell me what the <laughs> phrase was, but it was like exhausting looking at yeah. all that shit. It's, yeah. it's so specific. We both speak um, English, but we're speaking different languages, you know, so let's be honest. <laughs> but, but yeah, Kevin Martin would be in the studio and he'd be getting texts or phone calls from, you know, his homies, Flo Dan or whoever would be like, man, this shit that's popping off, they're loving whatever, they're loving Jaw War tonight or Poison Dart. So that kind of helped build buzz for the record, you know, and this stuff was introduced, you know, up to two years before the record came out. So it, it had been around a while and it was kind of building and building um, as he's sort of experimenting and, and creating this, this sound. But actually I, I have a little bit about Skang itself, which is kind of a key, a key single and a key piece of the, the album. I think it helped unlock a lot of stuff for Kevin Martin when he, you know, when they put this together. It's um, on my wax, Adrian, so don't step on it too hard skank psych <laughs> fuck, fuck out of here that'd be insane if i was like yeah, dude this dude. album sucks i got like five wax it's a left turn i'd have wow. to take you to the london zoo chap called the um, scotland yard on me scotland yard baby but basically the way it came together was uh uh flo dan and killa p two of the them C's on here came over um, and he's playing skang, you know, the skang rhythm on the speakers, and they're like, Oh, what's that? And he's like, Oh, it's this thing I'm working on, but you guys should record these tracks. And so he gave him a bunch of other songs they recorded on. But um, I think Killer P was still kind of stuck on that the skang rhythm, and he's like, I, I really like that track. Can we can we put can we bring it up again? And so he he played it back, and then you know, after guys, a while, guys, we can use fake patois in this episode, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know, when we're referencing these these uh, you know artists, but right? he was <laughs> that's not problematic. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna Chet just uh, sidestep that one. Yeah, he, yeah. White boy summer's over. You're right. Chad Hanks took that <laughs> off the table. It's All right, shameful. Damn it. it is October. It's white shame. RIP. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now it's white guilt fall. <laughs> yeah. There you go. The but eventually, data. but. But they, you know, they were, uh, Killer P was really enthusiastic about the track. Low Down was less so. And he's like, I don't know. Uh, but eventually he talked him into recording over it and recording some verses over it. And I guess over the next couple of hours, they just spent, you know, throwing together the craziest, wildest lyrics they could. You know, it's if you listen to it, I mean, it's some of the lyrics are hard to, to <laughs> a little impenetrable just because of the heavy patois, but it's a, it's a pretty violent song. It's they talk about a lot of weaponry and stuff like that. Kind of boasting about being these ultra violent thugs kind of in a way. So it's, it, you could tell that they're just having a great time about it. And so, you know, they, they recorded long into the night, this song, and eventually that, you know, that's what came about, you know, after this 3am recording session or whatever. Well, um, a little hashish, you know, going around. <laughs> Some, um some do you actually do you guys do you guys know what skang is what skang means i i've known i'm not i've known what skang is since this song came out because like yeah definitely when this album was... came out me and nat were like yeah Pass, we gotta know what really most weird. of this slang is you know we're, we're, it's kind of like a weird anglophile period of my life <laughs> um but like the cool like south london african diaspora you know what Shit. is it? I'm just hoping it's not homophobic. What is it? Yeah, no, no it's like it's a broad term for like a weapon. It's like a knife, basically, yeah. but it can't mean uh, a gun. It's a knife, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I think like it's mostly. Ratchet? No, I think it's mostly knife, but it's mostly yeah, knife. That seems to be heavy. the weapon of choice, kind of in the yeah. street, in the streets, and well, yeah, not to be confused with the streets. 
<laughs> Mike Skinner. <laughs> the talk rapper. Oh, yeah. yeah the Mike streets Skinner. was, he was out there banging in 2008, too. He yeah. Was, he was still at it. He was doing his thing. He's like, hey, guys, For don't sure. forget about me. We'll definitely tackle the streets. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I only have a, a few more. done like uh, British month. <laughs> hey, there's still time. Yeah, Britain's falling on some hard times. That 007 movie apparently sucks. Uh, Brexit. You know, Tony Blair's back in the public consciousness. It's, <laughs> it's a rough time for the for, for the limeys. Uh, well, but let's talk about some of the some of the fucking good shit that came out of London, shall we? Let me finish up yeah. here with um, London's the, calling, just a baby. couple of more things here, uh, a couple of more tidbits. So Warp, Mute, and Ninja Tune all showed interest in the the record. Warp and Mute are also really respectable, really great uh, electronic music based yeah. record labels. Warp is really fantastic, um, as is Mute. And both um, have been around for fucking forever too. Yeah, all three of these labels have been around for quite a while. Legacy, yeah, English labels. Yeah, and and if you dig into any of their discographies, you will find great, great stuff. I'd highly, highly suggest you do that, uh, listeners out there. But um, Kevin Martin said that although the initial meetings with Ninja Tune were were not productive, he said that they're kind of you know on different look, going at it from different angles. Um, he eventually was persuaded when Ninja Tune U.S. head Jeff Way reached out, and uh, the first words out of his mouth were, "Look, I dig Bounty Killer and Slayer, and that's why I love your shit." Uh, Bounty Killer <laughs> being a um, uh, uh, famous dance hall musician. Oh, the uh, guy I'm... from the uh, No Doubt song. Oh, is he? Is that him on there? Yeah. I thought the name sounded familiar, and I was like, "How the fuck on, would I know uh, it?" What's that? The Which Rock one? Steady song, the song that's on I the album. Always knew I end up your ex girlfriend. That song. No, the one, I'm I just like sipping on chamomile. Ba, ba, da, ba, da, ba, da, oh ba, shit! Yeah, okay. I've uh, successfully blocked most of the no doubt what's the out of my of that consciousness. I appreciate oh, it if you didn't. Um, yeah, I, I just remember the line where she says, "I'm just sipping on chamomile." <laughs> There was Stepping a on dumb there was a making juice. of the video and Bounty Killer was in there. Yeah, so I and think that's Slayer a pretty being good Slayer, right? Being Slayer, yeah. Of Huntington Park, California. Yeah, which <laughs> you know, trash metal you, band ever. You put those two things together, you kind of do get a template for for you know the bugs sound. I was gonna say, yeah, you hear a lot of that. Like, you could always hear like the Judgment Night like soundtrack, <laughs> like, <laughs> or like you know. Yeah, there's a lot of like definitely like metal and rock kind of overtures in this. For sure. Oh, yeah. hey baby was the song. Hey, oh, hey yeah. Baby. Why are you acting so crazy? That was kind of their oh, like yeah. second coming, right? For sure. That hit when we were like what? It's like sophomore yeah. juniors. They were like you know, big. the ska thing isn't really going to pay dividends anymore, so let's just go into this full on pop. Yeah, full on pop, globally tinged pop. It's pretty offensive. <laughs> yeah, she didn't stop there. I just um, want Gwen. Feeling to be hella good was on there. Feeling yeah, dude, she good. she platformed the word hella. You know, before that was an obscure word up here in Northern <laughs> California. <laughs> but she made it okay for everyone to say it. I don't All right, know, before man, we go too far, might be good. <laughs> 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 I have to do that. 2001. <laughs> 
All right, uh, when I'm on right, paternity right. leave, you guys can tackle that <laughs> we'll, one. We'll cover that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go too off the rails, I just want to finish up here by saying that once London Zoo was dropped, it was released to widespread critical acclaim. It was landed at the top of the Wires critics poll. It got positive reviews from Pitchfork, from you know the Guardian, the Observer, Q Magazine, all all of the the you know the major publications. It was. It was definitely um, widely acclaimed, for sure. But yeah, that that kind of sums up where uh, the history of this record. Nice. Fuck yeah, that's a good history, man. English history, baby. All right, uh, let's take a quick little break. Uh, I need to go pop it, pop on down to the shop for a quick one. Um, <laughs> the chippy. and then uh, I got to go down to the chippy and uh, get some fried Oreos. Um, and a pack of rollies and a little shiv. Yeah, we'll be back and we'll talk about our own English histories with this album, mate. Oh, right. it's gonna be met. Stick and in we big. <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's talk about you know, uh, how we fell into this album, Adrian, as our resident, uh, anglophile and audiophile. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and give us your personal history of this album? That's not the file I would call myself, but all right. Oh, hey, hey, oh, Francophile. That's what I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Mind's out of Ooh, wee wee. <laughs> you don't get um, much more of your mind in the gutter than, than Frenchies. But yeah, I, uh, uh, I can start off. File. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> So a I Rockford I, files file. Oh, shout out David David Chase. <laughs> nice. Sorry about that movie, but in the Zeitgeist <laughs> history. Yeah. So my personal history with this one, I this was another record similar to the Yins Lakeman record, uh, where I had downloaded part of it. Uh, I think I had downloaded maybe the first three or four tracks. Um, and then for imagine having reason, that album like mixed up, you accidentally have like a LimeWire downloading incident, and it's half the Enz Lickman and half this album. And you think, <laughs> and you like think it's the same album, well, both uh, stellar <laughs> production. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cracker Jack um, production. But, um, I did end up listening to those, whatever, those three, four tracks a lot. Uh, at this time i don't know why i didn't download the rest i think i just uh, this is probably around around the time when i was moving um for the first time uh out of the city and then uh just a lot of stuff was going on in my life so i think i just kind of got distracted by that and didn't get back to this but i did listen to the tracks that i had was able to download and uh, i really liked them i liked how grimy they were i liked the how heavy the bass was I thought, you know, it definitely, definitely evoked a feeling in a, you know, kind of this, this sort of dark dystopic sort of vibe that I was digging. Um, it reminded me kind of some of the other electronic stuff that I was getting into the time at the time uh, and beat music stuff, whether it's like LP, who I think kind of traffics in a similar sort of totally. grindy kind of grimy vibe. Terms of like aggressiveness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. And in terms um, of being Caucasian, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely true i think kevin uh, mark and uh, martin probably love cigarettes too yeah lp <laughs> puts the <laughs> cock in caucasian <laughs> okay 
but I was also had been getting into like grime and and some of the sort of nascent dubstep stuff that was going on at that time. Um, I was really I loved Burial and Dizzy Rascal, as we mentioned it earlier. Yeah, we'd go down to Santa Barbara IV and we'd catch early Steve Aoki sets. <laughs> oh Jesus! Right. Um, but I, I ended up being much more into Kevin Martin's dubstep stuff, like the King Midas sound stuff. Um, yeah. I was into the Hyperdub five year anniversary, which came out about a year after this record came out, and that had uh, it actually has a bug song along with a couple of King Midas soundtracks and um, yeah. Space Ape also, who appears on this record on London. That Zoo. album was huge, or that comp. Yeah, it was shit. it was huge. It was definitely very super influential too. And you know, um, comps were getting some play back then. I feel comps were was, cool. Yeah, comps were were huge. Yeah, uh, I mean, DFA's comp was big. There was just a bunch of different. Yeah, it, I mean, it, <clears throat> it was a way for these labels to put out, you know, put out something that they could say like, look at the, our roster, check out how this fucking dope shit that we have. And it, you know, a lot of these were super well curated because these are all record nerds. So it worked right. out. But yeah, so I was always more into like the kind of dub, more dubstep type stuff. But um, I did appreciate the these tracks and I really like them. Um, I specifically remember Anger. Uh, I play that one a lot because I thought I just really dug it, dug the energy of it. Um, but yeah, I, so I didn't, I never really listened to the rest of the record. Maybe, you know, just tangentially just through you guys because i know i knew you guys are also into it so maybe just listening to it uh that way i heard the rest but but yeah i was i was very much into those those first few tracks and uh unfortunately i just never got back around to it back then yeah adrian i'll go next because i know this is kind of like caleb this is your uh this wait before that i wanted to say um noah why don't you go next oh thank you <laughs> um yeah i can go next with my history because actually caleb I know you're kind of the point man on this album, the Selecta. This was like the one you wanted to do. And because you actually kind of introduced me to this album back in 08, 09, where it would have been. I, yeah. I and, gave uh, you the bug bug. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember I had heard, I'd read the review on Pitchfork and I heard the buzz and uh, the buzz of the bug. And, I had heard the song <laughs> Warning, I believe, because I was kind of like a single. And I probably heard it on like MySpace or something. You're going like to call that. a single something Warning's a fucking great title. Yeah. And it did feel like a warning. Like, you have been warned. This shit is heavy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and, British uh, Invasion 3.0. But I remember Caleb, you coming home from school, from college at up in Humboldt State. And uh, you were just like, dude, have you heard this? Like, this is what, like, all me and my friends are listening to up there. I think we probably got stoned or whatever and listened to it. I was like, well, this shit is awesome. And then my older brothers, uh, Isaac and Zachary, were way into it, too. My brother, my oldest brother, Isaac, was always into this type of, like, dub music and stuff. So I was kind of, like, learning a lot of shit through him. You know, they had they were early on, like, the Dizzy Rascal stuff. So at the time, I was very much into... Yeah, Dizzy Rascal, MIA. I was slowly getting into more like Jamaican, like kind of reggae dub, like like Trojan record comps and stuff like that. And just like mm. the 
that deep rich sound was just yeah, like, sound Whoa. system instrumental stuff yeah and then to hear this version which is has that hip-hop element to it the whole grime thing and just like just bass music in general just like dance music that you can dance to but it's like aggressive and angry like it really it stayed with me but for whatever reason i never bought the album or i never i don't know kevin you never burned it for me or something i don't know what the fuck your deal was you just a computer got a bug you put your <laughs> copy back in your hoodie and you're like oh, i gotta take this and i'm like what i can't just have the burn copy don't you have it on your computer i was uh, in between computers at this point yeah but anyways i, think I was in, i was in any sort of shape to be burning people things I only listened to it a couple times because uh, uh, just I don't know why I should have listened to it more um, because I was into like, yeah, Dizzy Rascal and stuff like that. And I loved it the first time I heard it. But for whatever reason, I just didn't uh, spend a lot of time with it. So, yeah, that's my history. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'll jump into my history. Um, yeah, this was a big album for me. Um, I think there's a, a few different forces at play. Uh, forces of history versus personal history if you will that kind of brought this album into my life one is a shout out to tall jesse my roommate in college he was always the kind of go-to guy for bass music beat music electronic music is kind of his scene so yeah he was probably like turning me on to a bunch of stuff uh i was in in and around you know this kind of stuff and then i was also doing college radio at the time, I think it was probably my first semester of college. Radio. I did like three or four, but it would probably even the first one. I think I had hopped on a couple of my friend's shows and like did playlists and shit. But I think I had my own block at this point when this album came out. So um, that was cool because I was in conversation with, a, you know, a few other people, most of which just had shit taste, but shite but taste shite taste. But um, in it. But the thing about Humboldt is like dance hall and dub and reggae are really popular there not the good shit though but the infrastructure <laughs> for like you know like the bookstores around town would have you know um you know whatever publication that would cover that shit but that and so it was like a wide tent right so then they would you know kind of have the english piece of that you know so that's kind of like the more experimental dance hall stuff so you would you could find out about that stuff a little bit easier than you know otherwise would be able to so like you know i'd get like and then, then doing college radio too you get all these free samplers and you get all these free like nmes or um i forget like whatever the the popular magazines music magazines at the time where there was a lot of ones a lot of boutique ones so we'd get those for free and you can just like flip through it and find out about stuff so like um and then you know i was like trying to take my college radio job seriously when i wasn't like smoking weed in the woods and like drinking too many hams, you know, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to actually like try to curate this shit. So, um, yeah, one of the kind of binges I went on was, you know, electronic music and either through doing research on tiny mixtapes or pitchfork or whatever, I found out about the bug cause it, you know, it was receiving a lot of hype and yeah, I guess my only reference to English music at that time would have been like dizzy rascal. Honestly, um, I didn't really know fuck all about, what else is going on the over Beatles there or the stones no dude, i don't even know <laughs> who that is no nah, dude never was <laughs> the um patula clark guy after skiffle or, uh, after that yeah, after died skiffle, down, I I turned out. <laughs> yeah <dude. laughs> yep totally 
I only listen to like the BBC for like those like the programmer. It's like the field recordings and stuff. Oh, um, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm into. Yeah, um, I'm big into the BBC workshop. You know, the stuff is like yeah, doo, doo, boop, 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 yeah exactly. Boop. Where the dude would just like play a, play a synth. It'd be basically yeah. like a trap set, but like a synth. He's like, look at all these. They like narrate like a child's story, and it's just like orchestrated by synth music. Yeah, that shit's it's cool. My shit. That's what I'm into English wise. But anyways, where was I? Yeah. So then, um, yeah, I think so. Probably, yeah. Roommate Jesse or Nat, even, you know, uh, shout out to the Red Golf. Um, this is a ladder Red Golf jam. You know, I we it's started a Red Jetta, sir. Um, in popular <laughs> memory, it was a Red Jetta, but in our hearts, in our hearts, it's a Red Jetta, but in actuality, it was a Red Golf. The bit returns. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is a later one. So this would have been, yeah, like on a burn CD or maybe like a, you know, CD, CD. Um, but yeah, this, this would get a lot of play. So I played a lot on the radio show. Um, and I was, yeah, I was kind of moving towards, you know, having a little bit more diverse musical set, you know, I remember like in terms of like kind of darker hip hop or beat oriented music, this would have been played along with like, uh, the, the math and English maths and English that Dizzy Rascal, I believe came out the same year, if not a year before, um, the other one we listened to a lot because it was dope, but also because Dizzy Rascal was on it was the comeback UGK album, the self-titled. That was a big one. And I feel like and then some UGK of the K was on his album. They swapped. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah they, they did the swap. And both of those songs on the respective albums are kind of highlights of the album. So I was like, oh yeah, shit's dope. And then like it's in conversation with Southern hip hop in a lot of ways, in terms of like yeah. heavy use of synthesizers, sub bass, that kind of shit. And then the other one that got played a lot between all three of us on the radio show was the DJ Rupture mixed uproot. You guys remember yeah. that? Yeah, that was kind of like a big hyped out. It's not it's not a proper album, but you know, it's 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 kind of hard to parse out what's an album and what's just like a release or you know, with like DJs and stuff. So yeah, that was kind of like my nascent uh interest in um yeah, like you know, electronic beat-based music, kind of stuff more aggressive, you know, almost experimental. And yeah, and I just loved this album. I loved like I love the vocals. I loved how it was just like so in your face and aggressive, but also kind of obscure because they're using a lot of English or, you know, um, Caribbean diasporic people's, you know, slang and like the thick patois and just all of that. It was just like that adds a layer of just intrigue, you know, and you like I was taking ethnomusicology classes at this time, too. So I was like kind of trying to like decipher it on those terms. Yeah, so that was like really cool, but then also it's just like it's just fun, super energetic, despite all just the griminess of it and just like the kind of you know just atmosphere that it creates. It's just like it it's it had a propulsiveness to it that like had a nice movement between tracks and like you know you could put it on you know when you're partying, you can put it on when you're just kind of like driving around at night. You know, it has this like you know what I really like about um like really good broadly speaking electronic or beat music bass music is like the night the night driving test you know if it makes you like put it on at night and you feel like you're doing a fucking heist like that's usually like the high the high water mark for me and this album definitely had that vibe back then yeah and it was cool to kind of like get into a dialogue with like reggae music again because you know like you know dub and dance hall ultimately came out of that broadly and me be kind of like a contrarian reactionary kid to like all just the lame ass white boy reggae I was being exposed to at Humboldt. I could kind of like 
have a little bit of our chip on my shoulder, but also be in the know, you know, it's been like, you know, this shit is also pulling from that, but it's like modernizing it in a way, you know, I think a lot of that white boy reggae just takes, it, it's not progressive, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't continue to have a conversation with the music. It's all just, it's very like, stayed and it's like you know the time period that it pulls from yeah yeah totally so it was like a way for me to be like to kind of embrace the music that was around me but kind of find my own niche and my own kind of like interests yeah that was cool and then um yeah yeah like i said it exposed you to all sorts of like you know music from england or the caribbean you know the broader af you know african diaspora i mean this album was also probably listened to next to you know the mia albums too you know it's kind of just like having a global perspective on music and kind of like you know growing my interest in that and being a you know a you know little shitty college dj and like minoring in film and music studies so it's like you know it, it gave me gave me a little bit of boost and a little bit of like intellectual fuel to like you know keep keep searching shit so yeah for me this is like it's like a big album it's like it, it, it opened up a portal and then i rocked it and it kind of just tapered off i think like i it's not that i didn't like it over time i think i just listened to it way too much and it was just kind of one of those things where you listen to it as the album and then you kind of have your tracks and then there's like your your jams and then you play those you know when you're passing around the, the ipod or at parties or whatever and then you kind of like forget the forget out those for a while but um it always like had a you know special place in my heart always kind of like measured newer kind of music similar to it like the one measured up against and everything and like definitely continued you know my my interest in dub and dance hall and you know um kind of grimier hip-hop and shit for sure i mean it's always kind of that's kind of the spark that got me into all that stuff yeah so that's nice. my uh that's my history with it awesome yeah sick album sick album spoiler alert mate yeah so um i'm sure we all listened to in the past week or so how you all feel about it now uh adrian is it mental or is it knob is it having a laugh (laughs) is it tops or is it knob (laughs) is it top or is it bollocks yeah, is anyone out there who um, is English? Send us a list of slang. Yeah, to all our UK heads out there. Our UK send affiliates. Us the, send us the latest uh, latest slang. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, shout out to our, our former guest of the show, Charlie. Um, he's you know wrapping up his stay. Oh, yeah, we're our field in, reporter in, in East London, mate. <laughs> nice. Let us know what the, what the haps Let are. Us know. Nice, a lot of callbacks to earlier episodes. Um, but listening, yeah, nobody's now... gonna remember those callbacks. <laughs> uh, listening now, I first of all, I'm really pissed off and with myself for not listening to the rest of the record back in the day because it's it's really great, it's an excellent record, um, through and through. I don't, <clears throat> it, it's funny you guys are talking about this, I don't really. I kind of recall you guys being super into it, but for whatever reason, I guess it just never connected with me either. So uh, listening to now is almost like coming to it with new fresh ears, uh, which is great. Obviously those first few tracks still hit and I still love, you know, everything there, but hearing the rest and how he, how the rest is fleshed out. 
Um, it just, the, the way that it, it all works together is really fantastic. The, you know, the kind of the sparse beats uh, and the, the rumbling deep sub bass, you know, it's just such a great backdrop for the kind of, uh, you know, dense lyricism that's happening over the top. And, you know, it's almost like the, the vocals fill up the crevices that are left from the beats, you know, in a way. Uh, but I also agree with the the review, you know, mentioning that the spaces in between is almost as important as the beats themselves. And I think that just having that air there really lets the bass and the drums hit hard. And it, you know, everything has its place, and that's always that that always really works well for electronic music. Um, although with, that isn't to say that the opposite can't work, like a really dense or or you know, you know, subsumed sound can also work but for this the clarity of it is just really strong and it really ratchets up the intensity and the aggression and i think it's just it's reflective and evocative of you know the mood of the time in the late aughts you know we're coming out of we're going heading into a global recession at this moment in time this was released you know we're, we're already years into the war on terror uh you know climate change is just getting worse and worse and you know as as governments just look the other way um, the drugs are getting better the weed's getting stronger <laughs> yeah hell yeah legalize <laughs> the legalized movements you know, uh, popping off all sorts of designer drugs around <laughs> so it's not all bad but um but yeah i think it's really evocative of that time um, and then it, it also speaks to like London at that, of that time in South London, kind of the, the milieu that those guys were in and, and the, uh, that dubstep kind of emerged from and grime emerged from, mm-hmm. but it's also one thing that, that struck me is just how much of the, the lyrics are relevant. You know, the, the lyrics are very dense and very thick, but it's, you know, um, oh, got some, uh, thunder and lightning over here. Thunder Ooh. and the lightning. I thought you, you were bring... just doing a drop, Adrian. You're like my take. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like the, the beats are pretty cool. So here it is, guys. <laughs> After 27 episodes, we got the Whacker Slap soundboard. Boom, boom, boom. No, it's sorry, mental a, might. Like there's a, of, I saw. I got uh, the siren just went by my place too. So <laughs> a lot, lot popping off. What happened? Yeah, dude. What's going on? <laughs> Um, the world is so mad, <laughs> but I, I was struck by how, how much of the lyrics still are relevant and how much of it's still, unfortunately, still in the consciousness. I mean, we're just the war of Afghanistan, you know, is, is just in recent weeks, you know, been in the news in recent months, been in the news for kind of winding down, um, you know, terrorism still kind of a, you know, kind of a big it's it's kind of a big issue in in the global kind of Tony Blair thinks we should go back to Afghanistan. Yeah. Wait till Trump takes office again. That's the first fucking thing he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. In case people Um, knew what Tony Blair was up to. Last one in the past. Climate change is still a huge issue. Obviously the global, you know, global economic issues are still right in the middle of you know, a global economic uh, issue at this moment right now. Um, so it's a lot of it is kind of, you know, we're going full circle back to that moment in time, um, which is interesting. But even at the time, this was kind of 
of its moment and also forward looking, you know, like the, the beats mm. were of the moment, but they still, they still sound fresh even now. And I think that a lot of that does have to do with the kind of open, clear production and the sort of, you know, um, because of the themes they are talking about are things that, yeah, unfortunately will probably last forever, whether it's war or terror or, you know, weapons and violence you know well and also like stuff. unfortunately like the people featured on this album that's been happening to them in their communities yeah. their entire lives that's a great but, great point right like, yeah exactly like that, that is their normal that is like their you know their yeah. kind of waking reality the feeling of like uh being like combustible and yeah like, what can you do you can try to make art about it but like shit ain't gonna never stop yeah. And, but then like when that kind of same precarity comes to kind of the larger masses, it's a little bit more pronounced, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like that, just that simmering anger is just, yeah, from these folks. It's just, I don't know. It's, 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 unfortunately it's kind of, you know, native to their experience. Yeah. Yes. That's very true. And it's, it's a palpable anger for sure that you can feel on this record and a palpable sense of, you know, menace and dread. <clears throat> but um, which I think it just really works for the for the sound of the, the music and the the message that he's trying to pour you know put forward because <clears throat> I think he was very much trying to put together a political record and trying totally. to say talk about what was going on around him. But I also I think that this is kind of a very quietly influential record. I don't know if if it's being name checked in this per se, but I think the some of these sounds are still kind of inching their way through you know modern hip-hop and modern sort of electronic music you know i was thinking just listening to some of these things like i could pin pick out stuff you know just off the top of my head one that it because i was just listening to this earlier today um one of the tracks sounds so much like a it's like the template for a um run the jewels track which we already mentioned lp but you know that style of beat you know i think has a lot to do with what Kevin Martin was doing and the bug was doing around this time. And, you know, his, his peers as well, but yeah, it's crazy how fresh this still sounds. It's, it's, it really hasn't lost a day at all. You know, obviously the, the mainstreaming of dubstep kind of came and went. um, And unfortunately it did cheapen it in a way in terms of like, I guess the mainstream perspective perspective of it to where it did become, almost a joke because there was a lot of great music that was not that that was not the skrillex you know it was not the 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 edm version of dubstep but the actual true roots of dubstep as you know as 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 dub based music as as garage based music but uh, nonetheless i think that this record is kind of an eternal record and i think it'll still sound fresh you know 10 15 years down the line I think the beats will still hit hard. I think the bass will still rumble. You know, it, it, it'll never really die because as I'm mentioning, like this, these things are cyclical and it's still talking. It still has relevance today and I'm sure it'll still have relevance, unfortunately, in a decade. But yeah, I think this is a fucking killer record. And, uh, you know, having listened to it quite a few times now, it's like I'm definitely going to drop it back into the rotation. It's, you know, it's it's damn good. Nice. Okay. Uh-oh. Who's next? What about you, brother? Yeah, man. Adrian, Are you <laughs> Adrian, you pretty much summed it up, man. Like the lyrics on this album, where it's like this, the, like dread and 
kind of like righteous anger like that shit it's very 2021 it sounds like a pandemic record it sounds like like just global destruction like and like this these are the voices of these artists reflecting that in their yeah music. it sounds like something you would make during the pandemic you're like fuck i'm just gonna be in yeah, I'm stuck I'm in my like, apartment my shitty like, tiny yeah. little apartment and some like city that's just under siege right now from yeah, like cops I'm, like and, scared like, i'm yeah. fucking <laughs> pissed off like uh, like the more things change the more they're the same type feeling you it's know? like it's like the album when people are like oh at least punk rock's gonna be better you know or whatever <laughs> and it never is but then ever. something like this comes out and you're like oh terrible yeah take. we just got it wrong on what kind of music it would actually be it's always gonna be music that is coming from like a perspective and a voice of like marginalized people you know yeah but yeah you just look at this song titles you got like angry murder we too much pain insane fuckers freak freak warning poison dart judgment it's just like heavy, heavy, heavy heaviness and i listened to this album fuck maybe the last week or two weeks probably like a dozen times and it's just you know it's funny adrian you're saying how you kind of bummed you never completed the whole album and i listened to this album all the way through like a handful of times but it is one of those albums where you're like oh i need to get to that song like you listen to the couple you know the first two songs are such ultimate bangers they totally qualify for the classic album like the definition of a classic album has the one-two punch of the intro song and the second song that totally kills it on this album but like i always found myself like oh i gotta i gotta hear fuckers again i gotta skip ahead you know like like i always just kind of like was just going back and forth but like every song of this album you give it a couple listens you're like oh no that's like a banger like an ultimate slapper like th that's the one and there's just each song individually is so great and it's crazy how it jumps out of the gate at this relentless kind of tone and this level of bass and this heaviness and it never dies down even the songs that slow stuff up a little bit maybe have a little more kind of pretty sound to them maybe more of like a slow jam they're still so thick and dense and the 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 collaborators on this album you know Flo Dan, Warrior Queen, like Ricky Ranking, they are all so on top of their game. Like their instrument, their voices are so perfectly produced on this album. Like there's like a clarity to it. You could feel them like just wanting to like kind of burst. Like they're like, you know, pissed off, feeling under pressure, feeling, you know, like the deck is stacked against them. Like this is like back up against the wall. Like let's make some, let's make our voices be heard. And that's like an important stuff within music. And you don't hear it all that often. And when it happens, it usually stands the test of time. And this album is, is, is a, a classic. Like it's, it sounds, if it came out today, it would be like, holy shit. Like this sounds like 2021. Like it's crazy. That's almost, you know, over 10 years old, but it sounds so fresh and so immediate and so for our times now, you know, speaking to the listener now in 2021. So yeah, 
I was just blown away by this thing. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I can't agree with you guys more. Like, this album basically, like, it was like a throwback to 2007 or 2008 for me. Like, it was like, it just, it just, you know, it's the bug. It, like, it's like an ear bug. Like, it just burrows into your brain and you're just kind of like, oh shit, this is an album. It's a collection of singles. It's like everything. So you always kind of find a reason to listen to it aside from, you know, you know, picking notes for the pod, but it's like, yeah, I was just listening to it constantly and it was just kind of like fucking checking off all the boxes. Like, you know, the majority of my time when I'm listening to music, it's, you know, it's stuff that's pretty, you know, aggressive and heavy and dense. And um, this album has that in spades, you know, like, uh, albeit orchestrated differently, you know, through really expertly made, you know, made sequencers and synths and drum machines and all a whole bevy of you know um electronic elements but i mean it's it's like i said it was like it sounds like slayer <laughs> you know it sounds like you know fucking a bunch of like just really heavy shit and it's really rare that like an album that is this like this forwardly like socially minded socially rooted and political where you get the mix of like not just the lyrics and the vocals but just the atmosphere and the music is also speaking to that you know it's kind of like seamless a lot of times you hear like quote unquote like protest music and like they kind of just you know you get like fucking american idiot or something you know it's just like really like very basic obvious lyrics and then just like the music is just like a second thought but this is like everything you know it's yeah, just it's like kinda, it's like made by people that like almost don't have any skin in the game where it's just yeah like, yeah totally really affect you i mean i'm not saying don't be political don't you know, don't be an ally, but like at some times it's kind of like you sound a little cloying. It sounds like a yeah. cash in or something. Right. Know. And and the cool thing, I mean, about, maybe that's too harsh. I don't know. No, no, I totally it's kind of like, oh, we have to make our political statement because, that, yeah, that's what's that's what's kind of in vogue. You know, that's the cause celeb. It's like, you know, it's ever. But this is just like, like I said, this is such an organic perspective, you know, from that. And, you know, like. The bug, Kevin Martin Bean, I don't know what his socioeconomic background, but I know in England, the conversation on class and how that shapes people's identities and their interests and their social mobility is like really huge. But then to get, and but then also to have like a lot of, you know, English folks, you know, Jamaican folks on this album and like create a space for them to not have to compromise and not have to do like what no doubt did with like reggae artists and they like water down their vocal deliveries or try to sing in a way that's more palatable. Uh, uh, Bounty Hunter kind of kills it on that song. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for that song. All right, okay, you can push back against it, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> it's not just like, hey, I want you to be on this track. I want you to like. No, I know that. what you're saying. I want yeah. you to bring that perspective, but can you, you know, just kind of like, tone it, it down? Hit. Yeah, make it a hit. <laughs> Though this is just like, hey, here's music I'm super into. I want to do this, and then just fucking toast the track. You know, <laughs> like just go out there and do your thing, and don't hold back, and use whatever vocal affectations whatever slang whatever whatever you have to say say it with like a sense of abandonment you know go reckless hard. abandon yeah go hard and like that's what that's what they do and that, and that's what he does the music like it's just like the perfect vessel for all those ideas and all that perspective and anger and but it's not a monochromatic album at all you know i think there is a lot of different you know emotional uh gradients you know it's like it, there is moments of sweetness and moments of contemplation and 
moments of fun and stuff speckled throughout, you know, and that kind of like makes the angrier, more grimier moments kind of shine, you know, you kind of, you have to have that variation in it. And um, the way he kind of controls those peaks and valleys is just, you know, really like really ahead of its time and just, you know, but also extremely of its time, like to have like these incredible, like, you know, hooks on there. And then, but then like what's buttressing all that is just these, insanely dark kind of sparse dissonant you know beat and bass work that is very elemental but the way that he's able to layer everything and bring it all together is just like of it you know it's like excellent you know and that's why i have it my notes that he's just like he's in total control of this album like he's totally it's like totally even though it has a lot of features on it it's a lot of other contributions it's definitely singular to like what he was trying to say at the time and you know and speak of that time um Caleb, yeah it's i didn't even take notes on this album because i felt like i didn't have time when i was listening yeah, to it i was just so a lot to digest yeah <laughs> by the record i was like fuck it i'm just i was it's one of those records where i was sometimes when i listen to music especially if i'm out alone or just kiki's in the house you know i'll dance on my own like dance like and this had me fucking dancing like my living room like <laughs> yeah totally yeah, and it's like like I was saying, there's like so many features and different styles on here, but it's so centered at the same time and so confident, you know. Yeah, it's just made by an elder beatsman, you know, and you could totally tell this this dude has been at it for a while and at it. Elder in a, beatsman, dude. Can we get a? We'll start an elder beatsman uh, pantheon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of elder Prince beatsman, Paul, I also wanted to see. LP, yeah, the bombs. Him- <laughs> I was gonna say like madville or mad lib you guys are talking about uh you know like the lp and how this like his kind of stuff is in conversation with this but uh, when i kind of look at listen to the hip-hop elements of this like you can definitely hear like the bomb squad and all that shit oh, yeah, over here yeah, just yeah. like that claustrophobia and the like yeah relentless yeah just like the relentlessness and the coffinous thing of it but then also how the bomb squad like was really exceptional at mixing um you know laying down their own patches and laying down their own like yeah, every synthesized stuff and, yeah clear yeah but then also mixing that with you know references and you know samples and everything so like yeah and then you know that's and then, then they were an overtly political project too so it's kind of like you know if i'm gonna make this angry socially minded music I'm going to pull from people who are also, you know, have that perspective and how to do it musically, not just like, you know, obviously in the lyrical. Yeah, that's a thing too. Maybe we were talking about Green Day. There's nothing worse if like the the message of the song and the singer, the intention of the song is anger and trying to say something. But then the music is puny and wimpy. It's just like, oh, you canceled yeah, dude, it show out. don't tell, man. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, like, you canceled it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sounds yeah. like you're just kicking knowledge now. It's not, yeah. It's not interesting. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to make a political album. And then it's just like, that's all I need to do is just announce it as political. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on about this album, but like, I think I, I, think I pretty much covered like my reactions to it. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know what came over me. I was like, oh, we should do the bug. I don't know if I was listening to like a lot of dub at the time or kind of thinking back of like, you know, something we can get away that's more like that's you know, not guitar centric or like you know what um album I was reminded of listening to this just as a current album because it just shows you how 
timeless this album i was reminding me a lot of uh kendrick lamar damn that album how it's mm. like so he gets like he pitches his tone up like from song one so high and then like never goes down like it always is just like up and up and up and like yeah the relentlessness. Yeah. yeah yeah totally um i could definitely hear that yeah and the cool thing about this album that makes it hold up is like you know like london drill london ground that shit is more popular than it's ever been and more global than it's ever been you know you have like like pop smoke and all that shit having his producers be you know r.i.p gone too soon like uh, all that Chef new york G, drill all shit that all that chicago drills mm-hmm. all of that is like you know they're collaborating with people across the you know across the pond if you will and like they're like you know the, the membrane between those two scenes is like you know thinner than it's ever been that's dope because it's like solidarity it's about like you know creating art that is in response to your surroundings creative art and all the shit that you know um you know and how i like we kind of like make those global connections and shit too so like to go back and like some released whatever 15 almost 15 years ago at this point it's like you know it still holds up on those terms too and it really kind of set a template you know yeah i was really really stoked to, to re-explore so shouts out the bug we take a break and then do let's hear this thing. You got me all fucking yeah, we're all worked up, up mate. <laughs> got me randy, baby. <laughs> and we're back, mate. Sorry, I had to Brexit out of here for a second. Um before we start this, let's do a quick little top five. Top five, yes, interesting speaking of an English album here. Uh top five uh, Austin Powers moments. So many to choose from. Moments? Yeah. Bits. I mean, baby bag ribs, obviously. Yep. Chili the baby the, ribs. The, well, so we're doing sequels is fair game. Oh, yeah, the yeah, universe, okay. the IP, the, the broad IP. Okay. AP IP. The uh, Willie Nelson cameo. And it's like, that's a big old Willie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That whole, that whole segment. I think they do it all three. Yeah. Uh, how, how about a courtesy flush? That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Tom Arnold. Tom, Tom Arnold. Yeah. He's like, we'll get through um, this. The Fembots with the, the machine gun titties. Oh, yeah. Classic. Can't forget I'll about get in, that. Get in my belly. That's pretty get good. In my belly. <laughs> and then all the things he says Shagadelic. Do I make you horny? Oh, my favorite uh, bit so- is from the first one when uh, he wakes up and he's like, he's like, oh, finally, those capitalist pigs of uh, you show those capitalist pigs. Right. And he's like, oh, actually, Austin, communism lost. I was like, oh, yay, capitalism. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll see. We'll see about that, Austin. Will Farrell and the Fed. Power will rise from it's the pretty east. Good. Yep. The post credit right. sequence of Will Farrell. Uh, I believe uh, Bob Bacharach's in one of the movies. Uh, Bob Bacharach. The fuck is that? Bird the singer's name? Bird Bacharach. Yeah, Bob's Elvis Costello, brother. Yeah. Elvis Costello. <laughs> uh, so many, so many treasures that the English have brought us. So many little crumpets. All right, but back to the bug, London Zoo, mate. Let's hear some slappers. What do you guys got? I think we have a unanimous one, right? Slappers. It's Tim think, Westwood think... on the BBC one. We got slappers coming for you. Nice, dude. That's good. You've been practicing that. <laughs> <laughs> on the pitch it's Timothy Wetwood but a bit of footy but it's warm 
Oh, I guess we don't all unanimously uh, unanimously share one. Yeah, but we do. Don't there was a, the first no. I think we all were pretty much all in agreement. That there's okay, some overlap. You know, yeah, there's definitely some overlap. But I got I th- the first two. So Adrian and you have the first one. Yeah. So do you want to just kick it off, Adrian? Yeah, fuck yeah. Track number one, because it's one of the greatest opening tracks that I can. I'll put it up there with anything. Put yeah, it up dude. There yeah. With mystery of chess I'll, I'll put it up there with triple Sabbath, dude. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> Sabbath, 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 <laughs> baby. Yeah. So this song was always one that I I really liked. I it was the first track I obviously heard from this record. Um, and really, like you're saying, it really kicks it off and just a really high level. This one features Tippa Iree. Uh, he's the he's the MC on this and it just it really it catapults you into this record really in a in really exciting way and it just goes off right from the right off the bat you know you're you're kind of in the thick of it and the verse is like super dense and super i mean uh super angry obviously it's the namesake but he just goes off on a number of issues and it, it just really works <laughs> nobody really, is safe here yeah it really just sets off this record in just such a way. It's like lighting the fuse, and then yeah, and totally. Just, it's the, you know, it but really it has like somewhere. that little tinge of optimism because like the that club beat that it like carries it like mm-hmm. it's like it a, has that international little, club beat that I it's think a little uncharacteristic dub. Yeah, it's a little uncharacteristic yeah. of the rest of the album, and also more of the musical influences. But it fucking works like really well because it's like. It's against the backdrop of just like all this like darkness and shit. I don't know. It's it's like a it's a yeah. it's a funky little choice, but I don't know. I think it pays off for sure. It has some funk to it. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the drum beat to it, it has like you hear that in so many songs, even to this day, like Bad Bunny. It's like a universal yeah. kind of marching band-ish dub mm-hmm. beat. But in this one, he does it, he like tweaks with it where it's like just the it sounds so rich like uh, it's so each every second of this song is like so in your face yeah yeah for sure and it has uh, a great little intro to you yeah dude all right let's let's do a little bump yeah should i just play it from the tippy play it yeah, from, the top, from the tip the top of the poke the tip up the top of the poke like yeah Jada kissed laugh. So many things it get me angry and so many things it get me mad. So many things it get me angry and I gotta say so many things it get me angry and so many things it get me mad. So many things it get me angry and I gotta say That really yeah. did become sort of the global beat, didn't it? Yeah. yeah like, um- Buses coming song stuff like that like novelty techno songs the vanga bus vanga bus yeah. that'd be cool if it was omnibus, omnibus. <laughs> Why did i think it was the omnibus because there's a lot of like budget reconciliation talking about omnibus spending and stuff uh, okay. the omnibus is coming though that's <laughs> the cool the omnibus is coming, is coming. <laughs> <laughs> New York to san francisco 
Yeah, how is that? Uh, keep that in. Yeah, oh, that's stupid. <laughs> um, Adrian, I was coming out of work the other day, and I was it was one like the first couple of days I was really listening to this album, and uh, I started like a new position at my job. It's like a little more high pressure. It's kind of a high pressure job at times. And I'm ahead of a hedge fund, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't coming out of work angry or nothing. It was just kind of, you know, sometimes when you come out of work, you're just like, fuck, ah, like all the time. All that you're just fired up. Yeah. You're just fired up. And I put you're this on, on one. and it was so cathartic, dude. I was just like walking home. Well, I was like, oh, I'm not going to walk home. I'm going to make a stop at the liquor store for this one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, just got like a tall can and fucking, I was just like, yes. I was like, dude, tip of Irie is like fucking giving me the speaking to the working man dude yeah good. like <laughs> just like speaking the truth dude just like spitting yeah yeah but well, it's speaking... in such an elegant way where it's not just like yeah this fucking grinds my gears I, I, you know like no uh, he has his delivery is just like like smooth and like you know poetic you know it's classy yeah speaking of which i i I did mark the he talks about Katrina. So I didn't oh, want to yeah. play a little bit of that little bit here, but oh uh, yeah. He he does bring up, you know, a lot of stuff that's that people are still angry about, people are still fucking, you know, still uh, affected by and are still it's still in in the mind and the mind frame in the so here's a little bit more of an angry. fucking killer it's also just like one of those like holler back songs where it's just like you play that in the club it's like i gotta say you could like drop the beat and like the crowd can sing that part like the, yeah. the real missed opportunity with that verse right there is like you never got to do a collab to my knowledge with like juvenile or like wayne or something yeah that sick dude that would have been a sick little crossover yeah tip of Irie's the shit i've been listening to some of his music fuck yeah sorry uh, i mean this whole song is banger from the you know the jump to the conclusion but is, is there any other parts of the it tuda. there you go is there any other parts of it anyone wanted to explore a little bit more? I don't know. Adrian, yeah, I don't even play like maybe the last outro or something. Yeah, the whole thing bangs. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I had, Mark, there's like a little beat drop section here that I can play. It's it's towards going towards the end section here. <clears throat> but here's uh here's some more angry. I am a teacher with enough apprentice. Well, I'm really fed up about my people, devil in them. That's what I'm saying. But 20 years now, but they ain't this. I'm a teacher with enough apprentice. Hate my Jews over and over again. Leave me alone, you're about my friend. Don't rate tipper. Don't rate you. Go to hell, tell the blind sentence. So many things they can get me. I'm free. And so many God things they can get me mad. So many things. Damn. Four killed it. He just named a bunch of things. Tippa was on one on this one. <laughs> yeah, dude. This guy went Tippa, off. Tippa Irie. Great name. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, he's got uh, I mean, that's how you're starting the album. It's like, Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's right, like, right. how do you start the album on that? Yeah, like, you're not like, going it, to. It, it's like you shot your wad in the first yeah. song, dude. Like, how can But you, amazingly, he didn't. That's what's crazy. 
And amazingly, song number two, Murder We, matches Ooh. that intensity. And this is this song. So you got Angry talking about Katrina. And then it goes into Murder We, which is my slapper, this song number two. And it's like talking about the world gone mad and like blood in the streets and like like it's like a fucking riot anthem. Yeah. It's like an uprising song, dude. It's fucking yeah. And and Ricky yeah. Ranking, dude, the king of the dance hall, he's tearing it up on this album. He's on a couple tracks on this album. Yeah, this I think this is of the Ricky Ranking songs. This is probably the middle. To me, this is probably in the middle of of. But like he he definitely goes off on this song. His vocals are great. But yeah, it, it this this song continues the kind of heavy the theme of heaviness and the theme of kind of righteous anger that you're talking about Noah and and you know the violence around the you know around these guys. Uh, it's yeah, it's just another killer track and the one two punch really puts you into like full on you know okay I'm in it now this is it this is where we you know yeah. we're on the ride. Yeah. Seriously, you're like this is where this is going. Oh fuck! Yeah, it's thought they're gonna and let reggae, up a little bit, but it's like hell no. And reggae always has that term like murder. Like it's yeah. like their <laughs> version of uh, like a murder ballad, but it's like a like a phrase, like you know, like killing it or whatever. But like yeah. it, it means something else. It's like a deeper feeling about like murder. It has nothing to do with killing a person. You know, it's like it it repurposes the word to be like a. A musical like hell yeah like fucking here now hear this yeah. but he also might be talking about murder yeah maybe well that's what it, it's it's playing <laughs> off both you know it's, it's yeah that's why it works so well but did you have any specific moments noah that you want i mean i don't know the tippy's pretty good i mean all these songs kind of just like really kind of kick the door in from the first minutes so yeah i don't know the door of the flat mate all right, the first here is uh, from the from the top murder we featured one of the kings of the dance hall Ricky Rankin asking for united we stand and divided we fall along with the DJ Bums you know saying the famous of them all round up dance hall cannot fuck with that no <laughs> that elastic beat and then just like that cranky little sound at the beginning his voice is just like, like yeah, yeah dude, it's just guttural oh man i'm gonna like, i'm gonna designate this one uh too tough too yeah, tough too with tough. two f's yeah, yeah totally yeah yeah oh my god yeah, and then the song just, just pretty much goes from there it pretty much stays at that yeah. level but yeah. in the turn, like this is going to be so redundant, and we probably use this word more than a lot of adjectives. But we we say bugged out a lot. That beat is in this dude's the bug, but like that beat is bugged the fuck out. Like it is yeah. so irregular. <laughs> There's like so many like just weird sounds and just like shit. I don't know. It creates such a feeling of just like yeah tension and like yeah and just the lyric like the streets are blood red yeah. like it's just like fuck yeah dude it's like apocalyptic it's like revelation yeah and i like how they start with the hook you know <laughs> like the yeah. hook comes from the jump and then they go into like the dude's toasting but it's just like 
oh man that juxtaposition of that like the kind of like the sweet vocals and then yeah just know that dude's just baritone fucking just barreling it down at you Ooh, hell yeah. yeah let's hear a little bit more of the verse here uh here's some more murder we just so woozy and yeah <laughs> it's like a, it's like concussed yeah. <laughs> yeah it's almost like you could kind of hear like his whole interest in like industrial and post-punk music if that baseline if that was being played acoustically or like i don't know it could i don't know it has something like a factory records kind of like rhythm to it it reminds me a little of like <clears throat> a little bit terminator soundtrack yeah totally like harold uh, <laughs> uh what's a, a homeboy's name harold um fuck harold feltmeyer kind of stuff yeah yeah you know? definitely yeah, but like yeah. a like the, but like the sick version of it, the broken version of it, like you're yeah, saying like it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of the broke down like if it's if it was run through like a janky shitty machine like that's how it kind of it would come out like you know it's sounding super evil and and dope still but just having this weird kind of you know off kilter yeah. kind of thing going on yeah just how does that like kind so of good. has that like, kind of like church bell ring yeah. in the background so it's like yeah it's like like summoning you to like listen to this shit like it's like a yeah. declaration and then when it and then it and then when he pulls back up that hook it's just like i don't know always comes at the right time you know it's like because it's like those verses are just so murky and just like you know suffocating and then it's just like kind of pulls you back for just like a second you know with these like a really tasteful hook but that's just talking about gnarly shit you know so it's like even then there's not really like a safe haven yeah totally it's uh it's kind of um it's it's open but it's still dense and it, yeah it, it gives it that claustrophobic feel that just works for for all the you know the, the thematicness of it yeah. the the dystopicness of it yeah. i've only um, been to want... london once but yeah it's it sounds like a rainy day like in a fucking night gone wrong and like some fucking what do they call it council housing sounds like, like you're on the run <laughs> south like london jumping over fucking yeah. fences yeah. like whatever it's the bobbies are on your back cramped <laughs> apartments and shit yeah uh, I just want to play a little bit more because uh, there's a nice bridge section that kind of mixes things up a little bit here towards uh, the middle of the track. Here is Lamore Murder We. Remember, remember my friends and all my family. Like I remember your friends and family. It's a little spooky Halloween sounds. And remember, war is not the answer. It's only love can come. And remember, good the good hours up for the bad. And when the right time comes, you know it took a dread bar, so. The people are turning so bad. The place is turning so bad. Yeah, you got, dope. first song is angry. This one's like gone mad. It's just like, it's like, yeah, it's like zombie apocalypse type music shit. Like, wild. Yep. Word. And then. You go right into this fucking skang. That's when you're ready to do something about it. <laughs> so this is a classic one, two, three, punch. three punch. Yeah. 
combo. As much as we go on, go on and on about one, two punches, the one, two, three punch is much more rare. Um, usually the third track, you know, it's a misstep or they'll give you some fucking breathing room or, or it's like, the, or they the try to ratchet hole. it up too much or it's the single hole. Like, yeah. Um, nope. This is skiing. This is, this is my, uh, fucking slapper. This has been like one of my jams for like a very long time. Um, this was like the standout track, uh, when, when I would listen to it back in 2008. Yeah. This song is just a pure fucking banger, like definitionally a banger. Yeah, everything about it is just like menacing. The vocals are like really unique, and but it's such a it's it it is such an exercise and a flex in the use of space, you know, in negative space, and just like it's just this economy of scale is just like really expertly done. Like it's like he does so much with so little, um, but just the way he spaces it out. And, you know, just uses all these dramatic pauses in it, you know, <laughs> like it, to create this tension. Cause like, even like you listen to music that's dynamic and has like the loud, quiet parts, but there's like just straight up negative space in this song. There's like just fucking dead stops, you know, between, <laughs> between beat drops and shit. And it just, I don't know, it, it really gets up under your skin um, and like the best of ways. Yeah. And Flodan, man, and we'll kill a P and Flodan, but I yeah. was so, ignorant of like flodan and man i'm that yeah, guy's a big deal that's been yeah. rewarding i mean i knew who he was as like yeah. a kid like i'd always heard that name but that's been a rewarding experience checking out because that dude has a bunch of music to get into yeah he has a deep discography he's on all kinds of different you know guests on all kinds of records and i think he's actually on the new the newest bug record. He is. So is Warrior King. I think Ricky Ranking. I think Tippa Irie. Like, I think they all come back. Yeah. Well, like the because he's uh he's rolled deep and they're like one of the like the premier, you know, collectives, uh grime gurus, you know, out of South London. So yeah, definitely he's definitely representing for that. All right. Well, did you have a, a moment that you wanted to highlight or anything? I mean I- I know it's cliched for this, but I think from the jump, like you can't really like the way this dude opens songs is like really fucking yeah. <laughs> like part. You gotta excellence. hear the first thirty seconds of every because yeah, the, at least the drop yeah. and the the intros are always so good. Yeah. All right, here is a little bit. I'm gonna play just about fifteen seconds in because the intro gets a little bit, it's a little redundant, but then it it kind of takes off here. Totally. Here is a little bit of skeng. Phenomenon and one, this one dedicated to all hard man. Whether you're from Manchester, all London, whether you're from not London, all Bristol, put up on the hot, phenomenon two. Side flow when I kill a man, I roll through. So what brothers are me, roll deep through. You don't want to brush, we all step on, we show. You know what's that show? Phenomenon three, put in the ganja and take out the seed. We all are me intelligent people, find the roadside where I smoke weed. Yes, indeed, that's what we need. Four, one time we talk about Well, you got to go to the part where he says, you don't want to see me get evil. That that is like that's a that's a direct threat. Yeah, do you have that marked? I don't know if I have that. Marked. I think it's right around the corner, right around the road, mate. All right, let's just let it play. Yeah. Out. Like them boy, I'm a kick off them door, kick off them door, I'm a run up with the 4-4, four, four. you don't want to see the 4-4-5, four, four, boss my gun and them not stay alive, take where your son of mine, take where your wife, and you don't know what's that, me I got still, I got stabbed with knife, 
Tell them I walk with a melon six. Them walk with knife when we walk with six. Kill a mommy, I go down some pricks. Down some pricks with a M16. Tell them I walk with a melon seven. How much gold? I think it comes later, actually, but. That's a sick part for that that's other, cool. that other yeah, drum, that like, switch that's up the other drum program like just drops in. Street Fighter. Yeah, dude. Arcade, <sighs> like mixed with I don't know what. The well, that sub bass coming in and just yeah, it's fucking killer. It <clears throat> the way that he's taking because this this is one of the more I don't know. Sparse might be the wrong yeah. word, but it's one of the like you're saying, Caleb. It's taking it's very economic in terms of the sound and what the he's getting so much out of you know a the you know a sub bass a clanging you know whatever that clanging sample is chains and then the you know the the two part uh, beat or whatever it's just and it's just so fucking perfect and and then you know flow down and kill a p you know like you're saying kind of just bringing this this sinister sort of malevolent energy to it you know it just super it's killer it works for the you know it's killer in every sense and it, yeah. it really works it reminded me of like a hip-hop version of like uh the congos or something like, yeah it's yeah. like that kind of kind of slow stretching like like kind of like cruising music like in a car just like blasting the bass like you know like yeah kind of cruising music like just cruising slow, very slowly low though. and slow creeping <laughs> yeah <laughs> creep creeping music for sure yeah um, creeping on the come up kind of music um <laughs> yeah yeah i, I it's, it's kind of like the song is like visceral as shit too but it's like it's like the personal you know it's kind of like anger it's relatable then they have songs that kind of about war songs are more about kind of collective experiences but this song feels like it is just like one-to-one it's like one-on-one it's just like your problem with somebody else you're gonna fuck them up like you know like you know and it's like you know it's unfortunately um you know it it, there's you know violence does happen in the uk not as much as here but it's knives you know that's like the primary like assault weapon there so that's like a way more like personal the version of violence yeah. here we just fucking shoot each other um <laughs> and it's 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 you know it's 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 really bad either way but like yeah there i don't know there's just something a little bit more insidious about knife violence yeah, you know? i'd rather be like, shot than stabbed because like shot you'd be like what the fuck just happened to me and yeah. then you'd be like ah that hurts stabbed you're like oh no it's happening to me it's okay they won't fucking stop i don't know you're what conscious the whole time uh, just like and i'm not in. like i'm not speaking to like what this guy's experience is what even this song is about but just knowing skang is slang for for a fucking shift it's like i don't know that just adds a, a level of yeah intensity to it for sure I'm gonna play a little bit more. Here's here's a section where the beat drops out and then kind oh, of yeah. rises up into the verse, which I think is pretty cool. Screen, 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 screen. Who can hear the mumma go feel? Or say what you know more me? Same kind of road side rolling. Like say you feel it can't He's really. I would say Kevin Martin's really a master on this record of the ebb and flow of things yeah. and the way that that piece has come back in and out. And also the way that things are foregrounded and backgrounded because he'll yeah. subsume, you know, 
subsume a beat and then bring it back in a way that's just really organic totally. and not and cheesy lets, in the drop way that yeah and he lets stuff away. breathe too i, I don't yeah. know much about his creative process or even how to make music like this but like you know it seems like you know you make like these kind of skeletal beats it seems like to me he, he actually listens through he listens through that to like the you know it's logical conclusion rather than just being like okay well I'm, I'm gonna have to pile more shit on it just to do it you know he doesn't feel obligated to do that i think he takes his fucking time and will lay down to like the you know a, a drum rudiment program and be like Oh, you know, maybe I'll just add a little extra hiss to the snare or whatever. I'll add like a little bit more oscillation with the sub bass or whatever, and maybe just leave it at that and see where you can get, you know. And I think what happened to like music like this dubstep or whatever, it just got so maximalist. It was just so, so formulaic of just like, oh, you got to stack all these like choral pieces on top of everything. And like he just thinks like he starts at the bottom and just kind of like, you know, kind of ruminates down there a little bit before having to like you know add more bells and whistles to it oh yeah um skang baby yeah that's 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 my all-time jammer of this year of this album uh adrian do you want to highlight another slapper yeah i think let's see well let's do this so i wanted to mention warrior queen because she's on a she really kills it on her tracks I highlighted two that I, the, well, she, I think she's only on two, but the, t- she really, really kills these two. Um, one is insane, <clears throat> which comes earlier in the records. I think it's track five, uh, which she just fucking annihilates the beat. It's, I mean, it's a great, crazy, it's a great beat. And, you know, she's talking about the insanity of the world and going crazy and everything driving her crazy. Um, and there's like a lot of nice, there's like a nice chunky bass in it that, that kind of really, it's kind of almost punk rock ish or, or, you know, uh, industrial sounding or something. Um, and then she interpolates mad world, uh, the tears yeah. for fears at the <laughs> yeah. end. And it's just like, it's so Donnie Darko. Yeah. It like totally, hey, Adrian, you gotta play that play. Like yeah, that part is so I totally forgot about that part. Something. And I was like, Holy shit. You, fucking- you know what? I, what, to my knowledge, warrior queen and MIA have never made a song together. Right. That seems like a I don't collab so. waiting to happen. Yeah. Right. She doesn't want anything to do with her. Yeah. Man, well, who, knows? who knows? But yeah, there it's almost seems tailor made for each other, but here is a little bit of uh, the ending of insane. That we're talking about there. That's not insane about this album, man. It always keeps you all off kilter. It's like, dude, it is a mad world. This this album, <laughs> this album's driving me crazy, but it's also like saving me from the brink of insanity at the same time. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it it provokes you and soothes you at the same time. And then I just love how the bugs just like, yeah, fuck it, dude. I fuck with tears for fears. I fuck with new wave. Like, yeah. it's like I'm from England, dude. Like I grew up with this shit. That's some good ass songwriting. Like that's good pop music. You know, like throw that in there, you know. Mix yeah, it around. Man. Like it, he just the, the references are killer. 
But uh, the other track that I want to point out or that I want to talk to you specifically featuring Warrior Queen is Poison Dart, which yeah. comes, it's a second to last song. Uh, it's a fucking killer track. She again, once again, she annihilates this beat. I think a lot of I think a lot of hip hop, a lot of rappers and a lot of, you know, MCs, toasters would be uh, intimidated by some of these tracks. I think all of these guys, I mean, obviously all of the collaborators on here are, are top notch and the best of, of the best, but, but these, you know, she really just uh, digs in and takes this beat and makes it her own and, and eats it up. And again, it's another one where there's this kind of a menacing vibe kind of, you know, she's talking about, you know, how do you, uh, you know poisoning people but using you know kind of is a metaphor you know was kind of like her words being kind of you know poison darts or whatever it's it's really great and uh and like the beat is just fucking fantastic um and then again another one another example of like a, a late you know a late album track that's just fucking killer you know it, although it doesn't end the album it's just it, it helps to set it off and you know on that kind of and trajectory for sure because the the last track is kind of more mellow compared to comparatively but it's yeah, like an intentional come down so this is like yeah yeah this is the this is kind of the denouement this is kind of yeah, like that totally. rising action you know at the you end know, like they always say like uh you know i think like the sopranos and like the wire kind of set it up for tv where it's like the actual the second to last episodes like the, the best episode of the season yeah. typically yeah that's when everything kind of coalesces I think that's kind of that similar vibes at play here. Yeah, I mean, do you guys have any more thoughts about uh, Poison Dart here? Oh, it's uh, it's it's an killer. absolute fucking banger of a song. Like it, it's 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 really flawless in like number of different ways. Yeah, it slaps so hard. The fact that he has like Warning and Poison Dart tucked so yeah. low in the album order just speaks to the strength of this album. And to his like you know his just absolute you know confidence in sequencing and and putting this thing together because it it really does show it just shows how important that that is and how how when you when you master it in such a way that that everything flows into each other and everything is it and it doesn't all sound the same like you were saying earlier caleb it does all have kind of its own flavor but it works as a piece and you know everything's kind of in its place in every single way so um, so yeah, here here's a little bit uh poison dart. That sounds like so much southern rap that happens. Yeah, totally. Like that mumble kind of intro. I mean, I'm I'm sure he was pulling from all that stuff, you know, influenced by a lot of that stuff. But here's a little bit further in. Here's some of uh, some of the deeper into the verse.
mean, even her singing is tough, dude. Like that's fucking yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, that song kills it. Yeah, and she does her own hook too. I know that's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a you know a, of that style of you know toasting. That's like a thing yeah, you yeah. do, but like yeah, to switch it up like that, like fuck. Hell yeah, yes. all the so, all so the hooks are killer. Um, yeah, that's, there's so many of these songs like burrowed into my brain, like yeah, just getting hooks and stuff, and oh man, and one in particular. Which is my second slapper, Fuckas, F U C K A Z, which is song number, what is it? Uh, seven. Seven. Right in the middle. Yeah, right dude. Smack Perfect dab in middle, the middle. middle placement. <laughs> this song speaks to the strength of the bug as a producer because he's not relying on the typical dance music like drops and a steady build up and then you know a climax or drop the beat he rides a groove on this song like nothing like he just he uh, lays down this bedrock of a steady bass heavy beat and then the dude on here uh what's his name again sorry uh space, space ape. ape just uh yeah r.i.p by the way uh, oh, yes. shit. he just destroys this song and the lyrics again, it's like that righteous anger, anger, yeah. and, and it's like, like talk singing too to go back to that, but just to make that fucking, you know, catchy and shit. That's like really, yeah. really. I difficult love how to forceful do. this song is. It, it reminds me of you know punk rock, which is now yeah. that means nothing to say. <laughs> oh, it's punk rock, you know. So that has no power anymore. But this is it's kind of punk rock. Yeah, this guy has a lot of issues. He's letting it out. It's great. <laughs> Did you have I agree with him, or... dude. He's fuck all that, all those things and all the stats of people he mentions. I, I do not disagree with um, him once. I have a couple timestamps, but maybe just again, you know, typical of this album, maybe play like 10 seconds in. All right. And yeah, Caleb, you're right. Everything he mentions here is just uh, still relevant. All right. Here is Fuckers. People who lie, continuous to lie, just so them can't stay with them there. <laughs> yeah, all them fucking people who ignore blatant facts, just so them can maintain a order beneficial only to themselves. Lord God, for all them fucking people who smile in your face, only because them want to see who they behind you. <laughs> for all them fucking people who believe all is fear and equal, ignorant of the fact that nothing of us are. For all them people who and then the song basically rides like that for like a good I don't know, two or three minutes. And then it kind of switches up towards the end. But I love how it's just such a confidence in the production where it's like, dude, this dude is killing it. Like space save, just let him do his kind of yeah, like, let him go off almost yeah. like a spoken word poetry type thing. Like it's fucking amazing. And the lyrics are incredible. Yeah, here's uh let's hear a little bit more. Here is kind of towards the end of fuckers. Let's hear some of the verse. Hold on. The three thirty mark, Adrian, I think has the where he kind of lays down the bridge of the song. All right, here's 
a little bit of that. Ambivalence leads to nothing but frustration and self-obsessed anger. So how did we get here and where do we go now? How did we get here and where do we go now? How did we get here? That's like a 2021 anthem right here. That beat just kicks back in. It's great. It's like kind of a simple Sick. song on a on an album that seems so maximalist at times. Mm-hmm. But it's maximalist in like it's maximalist in the way of like taking the 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 base elements and then exploiting them to its fullest extent. It's not maximalist in the sense of like throwing a shit ton of sounds at you like not like, a lot of bells and whistles. Too. Yeah, like a Dan Deacon or a Max Tunder or something where they're just everything in the kitchen sinks coming at you he he leaves space and it's open and it it and it's still kind of maximal in the in the intensity of it and in the the intensity the yes. feeling of it for sure it yeah. feels like there's more going on than there actually is but that's just like the emotion that it evokes from you it's you know it resonates i mean that's kind of what dub does it has that yeah echoey uh, fullness rather than maximum maximalist i guess maybe yeah well and also it builds on itself and builds and builds to this big yeah. you know the yeah. uh, voluminous thing that kind of you know wraps your wraps you up in it which a lot of these songs do you yeah. know, they kind of suck you in until the point where that you're like in the middle of it and you're just kind of in this you know expansive yeah. explosive sound Totally. I've listened the, the to that song probably really, 50 times yeah, this week. That song rules. Just, I keep <laughs> I going just, back to that one. Yeah, I mean, like, the sounds on this are, like, really big and complicated, but it's it's the, like, yeah, like you said, the tendency to not fill in every little nook and cranny and crevice with, you know, some other sound or whatever. And, yeah, just to let things breathe, you know, and let you fill in that and, like, let you kind of, like, connect all those, like, you know, the disjointed nature of it, you know. I don't know. I think it's very, very good that way. Nice. You want to finish this off, Caleb, with the one last slappy? I mean, I got like so many on here. We haven't heard Warning yet. That's a pretty good one. But... Yeah, I got Warning. I got like Jaw War on there. Those are all fucking bangers. I mean, we could do whatever, really. Yeah, let's, let's just, just do Warning. Uh, you what, want what, you warning? Gonna, what do you want? I was, was going to say Jaw War because we, we share that one. But Oh, yeah, let's uh, do that. Let's do the job war. Well, Folks, look just, up warning on your own time. No, it's a well, banger. how about warning. this? We'll play a little bit. I'll play a, just a, a little tidbit of, of warning here, and then we Fuck can jump yeah. into job war. Because warning is, yeah, like you guys are saying, it's another another fucking great track, another one at the end, and just another one that's just full of vibrancy and urgency, you know, just like the rest of the record. But here is a bit of warning. Yeah, just fucking again, another really kind of simple beat, but just taken to the to its fullest potential. You know, so jaw war, Caleb. What do you say about that? I mean, it's just like a, uh, it's just super 
it just has so much energy and it's like repulsive the way that that it just has like that rolling beat and just those like just dense drums are just it's just like so heavy and like yeah this i don't know it's just it, it it's it's minimal as like a lot of this album is not maybe like minimal but austere or sparse or whatever we could say but but it, it yeah it, it, it's just it's such a full warm sound you know despite it being kind of you know kind of violent in its in its delivery you know like it, it, it's it's called jawware and it sounds like spiritual warfare it's like you know it, it ultimately is like has a positive kind of um lilt to it but the way that's delivered yeah is through just this yeah i don't know like really just dense propulsive beat yeah it's just yeah it's, it's fucking i don't know that's a, it's a banger that's all i can really say about it yeah. or a slapper my bad it's it slaps mate <laughs> in it 100 percent um and then another one with flo dan just killing it but yeah this is it, it's a it's another example of where injecting just a little bit of positivity into this kind of lightens it up a bit and helps the rest of it really hit almost harder because of that you know where there's like these moments of, of lightness and in, in all the darkness um but here is even though it is it is a heavy song um you know the, it, there's still oh. that aspect of it too but there's there's a bit of uh, you know a bit of light here but yeah here is jaw war from the tippy yo no song white test Right, I know it's the big flow down in effect. We have the bump on the set, and we're coming in perfect. Some wife is not chat for war. Hips in my stamp holes on the wall. Send them a big man up, they won't get far. Without jar, them now reach for. Some wife is not chat for war. Hips in my stamp holes on the wall. Send them a big man up, they won't get far. Without jar, them now reach for. Everybody know the revolution, but the war is begun. Bugs and the men. I mean that is the template for run the jewels is it not like yeah totally yeah. that clanging that kind of yeah. that clanging beat with a little like yeah 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 you know echoing voice like with the kind of like skittering you know kind of vibe to it it just really works and then you know flow dan's kind of thick rhythmic flow you totally. know it just pushes the song over the top um, and I feel like that little synth line in the beginning is just like that real minimal, just like little piano. I think that's like kind of um, borrowing or referencing like Southern hip hop or like what, you know, might've been called crunk or whatever at the time, where it's just like mm. really just like just little vamps, you know, just like one or yeah. two little synth. It's like a notes. Manny Fresh beat. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then just like bugs it out even more, adds a lot, a little bit more fuzz. And yeah, kind of just like brokenness to it. Yeah, totally. it's fucking dope. All right, here's nice. a little bit more of uh, Jaw War. And just the way that he evokes like gunfire there using the beat is just really, I mean, it's kind of a classic trope, but it still hits hard here and still works. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said I've, my piece about my slacker. And I'll also, just like, I won't entertain any top, 
talk of wax on this album. I don't think it has no wax. As we'll get to in the ratings, I'm sure. I don't think it has a misstep. Yeah. No wax. Nothing cringy, makes you uncomfortable. No, it's all just of a piece of dopeness. Adrian, any wax? No wax. Nice. Yeah, you don't want to see me get evil. <laughs> all right. What's uh you guys want to rate this bad boy? Remember, we're rating in metric though. <laughs> oh shit. Three krona. Half stone. Bob's your uncle. That's my rating. Yep. You, you do the math. Five quid. Go for a cuppa. Uh, I don't know, man. I was like debating this. I'm like, why am I not giving it a 10? So, you know, I'm not going to rack my brain anymore. Yeah, I'll just give it a 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 10, wow. too. I was trying to be uh, going to be like a little bit more like challenge myself to be a little critical. Yeah, I was like nine, nine, just give five. it out. And then the more I started talking about it and then when we heard it, I was just like, it just kept ratcheting it up. So I'm going to give this a proper tenor. Wow. Well, a lot of pressure here. Oh, pressure. Uh, there you go. That's a callback. Pressure drop. But, you know, you guys are right. You know, and listening to this, you know, 8.6 it, it, at the time, I, it, dropped i thought like that that seems good that's that's about right yeah. but now you know listening to it and just listening to how prescient it is and how relevant it still is listen you know listening to it front to back and you know getting the full feel of it now this is an absolutely a 10 record perfect Ooh, 10 record. perfect 10 across the boards damn i feel like we've been getting a lot of 10s lately <laughs> getting soft all gave it a 10 in quite a while but getting soft all right congratulations well, you, you got kevin fucking... no i just couldn't deny it because i'm like yeah. okay at an hour and you know hour long album or whatever i was like mm-hmm. maybe it's a little too long but then i'm like but i like every song and i think every song stands out on its own if it, it was just a single like yeah be like that bangs. totally so it's like I, you can't deny something everything is just so hard. like unique and tasteful and just like well done you know it's like yeah it's a 10 well there you go it's a proper quid. Quid? What do they call it? Like a dime. Like this. Oh, that, that lady's a dime. That dude's a dime. But how do, how do you convert that? They're called birds over there. Oh, birds. But you don't want to be a minger, right? That's like a, <laughs> somebody's ugly. Who knows? Oh, Who knows? All right. So we give that a tenor across the board, everyone. Hell yeah. All right. But how does this song stack up to Life's Been Good? I don't even want to ask this question this week. Yeah, we might. This bit might be done. Yeah, we might be. Uh, son, we might take the skang to this. If you know what I mean. No. Okay. Here we go. Bit. From here on out, it's going to be the skang scale. <laughs> the skang. Would you rather skang listen scale. to this album or skang an equal amount of times by the bug? So let's just hear skang again. <laughs> yeah, that's just our excuse to hear skang. We All retired. Right. We retired. Uh, we Joe get this, Walsh. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. No more life's been good. Life's been bad. Life's, life's been bad. <laughs> and Skang is when life's been good, you create music like life's neck. been good. When life's been bad, you get songs like Skang. So, you know, make your choice. Skang scale passes because <laughs> <laughs> one, because Skang's on this album. Yeah. One, Skang's on the album. Two, Skang's on the album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here is Sking. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Yeah. King. I love it. 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 I Oh, that could jump on it as well. Let me go pee pee. Right, mate. Phenomenon and one. This one dedicated to all hard man. Whether you're from Manchester, all London. Whether you're from Ireland, London, or Bristol. Put up on the hand. Phenomenon no. Type loud and I kill him on a road show. So what colors are my road? And we're back. Back to foggy London town. My skin is crawling. After listening to the bugs, yeah, so I got, <laughs> got bit, baby. I got bit oh, by I this didn't even album. do a bug joke, William Freakin. I was just thinking that, oh. this, this, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, guess we used the them all. Play. We used them all last week, so I think that I think they're parallel. Did we talk about Freakin last week? Yeah, let mm. Tracy, let's get out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the freaking week in. Okay. <laughs> oh jesus i don't think we could i don't think we could talk about that anymore. both of those guys are probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, freaking you just know what, directs though? opera now no that's like good for him. <laughs> you know what they, they both have like a sense of like uh paranoia and like you know uh alienation and shit so yeah yeah shout out michael shannon and uh ashley judd um freaking 2006 or something yeah to live and die in la it's a minor freaking it's pretty good it's a little counterfeiter good. movie yeah okay good all right whatever happened to bug he just went on to create all sorts of fucking music he did an album with dylan carlson from earth um famous shotgun buyer um speaking of 27 club <laughs> he told um, me to bring him a 12 pack <laughs> a pack of cigarettes he'd tell me anything i need to know he used to live with a drug dealer had an Uzi. Um, shout out Dylan. That dude's still going, right? Yeah, dude's all sober. He's all prolific. Scores movies. Him. Yeah, dude. That guy's fucking kind of been on a creative upswing for folks. Do yourself years a favor if you if you feel like you've hit rock bottom and you can't pull yourself up, go watch the Curtin Courtney documentary. <laughs> yep. And watch the interview with uh Dylan. What's his last name? Carlson. Carl. Dylan Carlson. And if that guy could make it. <laughs> Anybody can make it. <laughs> That's true. It was not looking good for him. Anyway, and he got to collaborate with the bug, and that album's uh, pretty good. Pretty, I gave it a pretty good. Give pretty good lessons. It's I gotta check that out. Yeah, you'd think it'd be kind of incongruent because you know, like you know, Dylan Carlson What's makes kind of this minimalist. Is it earth? concrete? Concrete something. Um, concrete. Uh, like the bug versus Dylan Carlson. Concrete yeah. jungle. It is like Concrete Jungle or something like that. It, it does have a name like that. Yeah, it, it's cool, man. It's like a really good album. Um, yeah, you would think it. it's like, I don't know how do they relate. One guy's like a beat maker. The other one does like really kind of sparse heavy. Americana. Concrete Desert is what yeah, it's called. That's kind of where they the meet in the yeah. middle with the, yeah, the, totally. the heaviness. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah it's, Concrete it's Desert. Cool. That's right. And then and he then, came out with a yeah. new album this year too, right? Literally yeah. two weeks ago, I think, or three yeah. weeks ago. Um, yeah, and it's totally. fire it's great yeah yeah and it has a lot of the same people on there and then he does like yeah yeah he does all this other stuff he did what's out, it he, called uh um invasion in uh no it's uh what is it uh shit you should it's know good, these things it's called oh, fire just, baby it's fire yeah, yeah it is yeah. fire that yeah, okay <laughs> i said that's why i said it yeah, yeah totally oh um, <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, and he's collaborating with like Josh Broderick of like Yesu and uh, uh, God 
flushed fame and stuff. Yeah, he just does a bunch of bunch of bunch of shit. Keeps yeah, going. Pitchfork shit on it. They gave it like a seven. I mean, what the fuck? No, I think they, I thought they gave it an eight, an eight point oh. Still, I could be wrong on that. That's That's, they didn't give it a best new music or anything, but uh, yeah, come on. Yeah, Zonal is the name of that other project that he does. That's like kind of more like experimental, droney, industrial stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So the bug lives. Well, personally, yeah, don't, can't squish him, dude. He's got, <laughs> he's got that strong exoskeleton. He's like a cockroach. Yeah, dude. Share, and the bug will be left after the nuclear fallout. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, let's go. Let's play a game. Uh, yes. For an album that doesn't play games, I feel kind of weird playing a game, but let's do it. I got a game called Rankum. R- like Rankers? Uptown Top Ranking. So apparently in the um, kind of Mexican-American vernacular, you don't want to be a ranker. But in um, like the Jamaican English context, you do want to be a ranker. I think I you no want idea. to be ranking. I don't know if you want to be a ranker. Yeah, you want to be top ranking. Because I know if you're JAR, which is short for just another ranker, that's not good. Mm. Over here. Wanker. You're thinking of wanker. I'm thinking of ranker, dude. Okay. Well, know. this game is called Rankum. And what I did, we played it before. I took Pitchfork's best of the year list from 2008. Uh, which the Bugs London Zoo, same year it dropped. And so I'll give you two albums that were on the Pitchfork 2008 list, and you tell me which one ranked higher. Okay. For bonus points, you can name the ranking. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Do you understand? Yep. Got Did it. you get it through your thick fucking skulls? <laughs> Uh yeah, see I'm angry again. I need to listen to the bug. Yeah, dude, I'm Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The bug, London Zoo, and our old friends, the Hold Steady, Stay Positive. What ranked higher on Pitchfork's top fifty of 2008? Hmm. I almost want to say this is a trick question, but I could be wrong on that. Because they tied? No, because I think (laughs) one of them wasn't on the list. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're both on the list, Adrian, because I would have thought the same thing. I would have thought that Stay Positive album was just album non grata. All right. Well, in that case, in that case, I'm going to say that The Bug came out on top in that one. I'm going to say, I think they still held a candle for. Whole old fridge in the the ths so craigie yeah i'm gonna say that one out ths so hold steady kind of like rock steady like the no doubt album <laughs> do you guys have a guess though so caleb you think hold steady ranked higher what do yeah. you what do you think they uh pitchfork ranked it what number out of 50. Out of 50? I'm going to say like somewhere in the upper middle, so like 31 or something. Adrian, what do you think they ranked the bug London Zoo? I was going to say in the 30s too. Uh, so I'll just say 33 for the bug. Okay, you guys are pretty close on ranking. This is egregious. Hold steady, stay positive. 
an album which I don't even think got best new music. I, I think an album that may not even exist. Yeah, it's not very good. It's middle of the road. Well, it's hold steady. It's more of the same. So if you like it, hold steady. You'll like that. <laughs> That's true. Stay positive was twenty nine out of fifty. The bug London Zoo was thirty eight. Oh, wow, wow. So hold steady, Caleb. You got it. Ranked higher. That seems Such as it is. That seemed high for the hold steady. That's like yeah. A that 50. seems kind of like a because that boy girls in America turned fifteen. By the way, happy birthday. Um, that was like number that, four. That was kind of like a big album, yeah. but yeah. But then it's like, then so usually when that happens, you have like two big albums, and then you drop another one, it doesn't really rank. It, you like, know what it is? Don't Caleb, care. It's that because fatigue like the, sets in at that at that point. Because I think by 2008 they had so many different reviewers, so probably yeah. old school. The kind of had the whole the indie like mm. stalwart. The old guard were probably like, listen, we we're falling into this pattern where we lift up these bands and then we discard them come on well, we gotta give if, if i recall love. from like 2008 like the whole like baltimore and la things were big so it's kind of more like psychedelic and like experimental bands so like kind of the straightforward guitar rock indie yeah, shit that leads was, me into my next was one. kind of on its way out leads me into my next know. one so yeah well it's here so here we go no age nouns fucked up chemistry of common life which ranked higher no age nouns or fucked up chemistry of common life all right this one i feel like there were another one where they were close but i think nouns came out on top in this case caleb yeah i want to say they wrote for that album fucking hard they wrote no agent. I can't remember. It was this one that was like the one that they gave the most like air to? But yeah, I'm gonna say I'm, I agree with Adrian. Okay, think- do you guys have a guess of where it ranked out of fifty? No age nouns. I feel like it might have been a top ten album. I feel like maybe yeah. I was looking into. I don't know. I, I remember it being very very popular and Give very very high. Number like eight. Adrian. Yeah, I was gonna say no age was like nine, and then the fucked up record was in the teens so like 11 yeah they didn't really do right by punk rock so like maybe they liked fucked up a lot though they did they did what do you think fucked up was 21 okay fucked up was 17 oh chemistry of common life wasn't that some like crazy concept album or some bullshit had like trumpets on it and shit was yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Fucked up was too like, much. So. I'm like, uh, it's interesting, <laughs> but I don't like to listen to. It. Well, that's kind of what's happening now with like all these hardcore bands. Like, we're hardcore, but we're not really a hardcore band, so you can like us. Like yeah, like Turnstile. Yeah, like Turnstile and fucking so, before yeah. that kind of like, what's that other band? <laughs> fucking uh, Title Fight and all that. Like, it right. is. Yeah, I like the- Turnstile, but yeah, I know I see what you're saying. Yeah. No age nouns was number three. Whoa, three. Wow, that is way higher mm-hmm. than I remembered. The My top close 10? personal friends, uh, no age. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we saw them live a couple times. Um, well, I uh, Adrian I had a beer with them. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We'll do. We'll do a no age. Probably we, not that album though, right? Nouns? No. We'll do uh, weirdo ripper. Probably do weirdo right? ripper. Weirdo ripper. Yeah. But we'll see. Nouns was pretty big too. It, we saw yeah. them live, Noah. Yeah, I saw them. We saw them a, a, a few times. Yeah. Remember yeah. me and you saw them at that train station? What was there a hit? Uh, we got the smell. It's smell. <laughs> we got the smell. Anyways, 
Teen the Creeps, smell. I think, was the, the yeah. Big smell, the big smell. We'll do yeah. a whole smell retrospective when we tackle no age. Mika Miko and yeah, the, I will Goda. say this was one of the weaker top tens of pitchfork. I mean, they don't always get it right. Most of the time, they I think don't. it was a pivotal era. I think so. Yeah, like nothing really locked in. There's a lot of forgettable albums on their top ten. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. Little Wayne, the Carter Three, our old friends, Deer Hunter, Micro Castle slash Weird Era, the album that I famously passed out to on Halloween. Hey, topical. All been there. Uh, yeah, it is spooky yeah. season. This one is. Hmm. Wasn't the Carter Three number one? Should have been. Isn't okay, so that means 10. it's not. So yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's above. So you guys both go Little Wayne over Deer Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they were again they Wayne over Deer Hunter all day. That's yeah, hot obviously. <laughs> if you had a if you had a take that wasn't that, I don't know. Uh, so you yeah. said you said No Age was number three. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, do you have a guess what Little Wayne was? Four. Or okay, little Wayne was 11. What 11? Shit, it ranked lower than Deer Hunter Micro Castle slash Weird Era. That was number five. Dang, a forgotten Whoa. album. I like that record five. a lot, but it's not one of their better. It's ones. not the Carter, which is kind it's of pretty like good. The album of the, of the decade, yeah. in a lot of ways. The Carter like is one of the, the Carter three is one of the only records where this was when I was living in Long Beach. And I'm sure we'll cover the Carter Three at some point because it is it was an important yeah, it was moment of that pivotal era, but it's the only record where literally I would be sitting at my window, you know, chilling, and I would hear cars passing by, and there'd be like three or four different cars playing three or four different songs <laughs> yeah. from and that everyone record. had their favorite. Everyone song. Yeah. buddy had that record, dude. It yeah. was everywhere. It was everywhere. a breakout and not hit. Just not just lollipop it, it was like all the tracks it was wild it was the only time i ever experienced that where like literally every car passing by was bumping the car talking about a hoodie cd for me i took that thing everywhere i went it was like if you have you heard the carter three they're like oh yeah i mean me as a no we're listening to this right it had now. people <laughs> evangelizing for it like it had its own like street team yeah. which was everyone oh, boy and then it all went to shit for him that was yeah. the last monoculture moment i think so dude three. i think you might be kind right of, yeah <laughs> and like game of thrones and right. that Eddie white that's it. Eddie white being cool <laughs> <laughs> all right 2008 Woo. okay wow. here we go last one uh fleet foxes sun giant ep slash fleet foxes self-titled so i guess they would bundle the albums and erica badu new america Part one, parentheses, fourth world war. Which ranked higher, higher, Fleet Foxes or Erica Badu? I believe that Fleet Foxes was the number one album, right? Of that year? You got yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. Adrian. And then uh, Erica Badu, I feel like she was rounding out shit. I feel like she's either rounding out the top 10 or just outside of the top 10, but I could be way off on that. And maybe Caleb, do you have a guess record. where she was? 
Um, you know, I do remember she had this cool song on there that we used. That was the bumper music for the uh, the news radio show that I was on in one of my journalism classes. And then I saw Fleet Foxes that year in Arcata. So both of them were really 2008 for me. I was tapped in. <laughs> um, having said all of that, I I don't yeah yeah they would kind of get those big epic soul neo soul albums pretty good for good reason pretty good hype so maybe like uh, I don't know like a nine no where did nine eight Close. eight or something it was thirteen okay yeah okay that's Which, what I but I mean you could flop that put fleet fox well. Put Fleet Foxes in the trash because that's just boring. <laughs> and Eric Badu, if they put that as the number one album in 2008, I'd have no complaints with that. Yeah, no, oh, that would man. age. That would age well. Great yeah, record. That's a great record. Which uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be covering that. Maybe oh, might be in the cards. All right, Caleb, bring us home. Let's get out of here. Boom, boom, boom. Big okay, up to thank the you. Selector. <laughs> thank you for the. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, join us next week. We are going back back to New York. That's right, baby. We're doing the yeah, yeah, yes. Finally. Finally. We're doing a heavy fucking hitter, one-two punch, kind of start the whole fucking thing. They fucking call modern indie baby. Broke the hype machine. They were the hype so machine. Hyped. They were the conversation. You couldn't <laughs> just yeah, 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 this band. So we're doing fever to tell, right? That's the one. That's right. Remember the debut, baby. Or is it the debut? Or don't they have one of those fake debuts and they would claim this one was their debut, but they actually had one before? I guess we'll just have to get into it next week. We'll find Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, 2004's Fever to Tell, heavy fucking hitter. So bring your nostalgia to that. That I was so in next it. Week. 2004. I was like, I love all that. I gotta soak all this shit up. When I moved <laughs> to New York. Yeah, I wanted to move to New York. I wanted to track down Karen O and shake her hand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's creepier somehow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you to Kiki Ontiveros for our slapping theme song as always. Thank you, Adrian, for your awesome production work and all your research. Thank you, Noah, for being the game master, the bit master. And uh, yeah, make sure that uh, and most of all, thank you to our, uh, our, you know, our loyal listeners and followers. Uh, make sure you're giving us the follow at Wacker Slaps. You know what? Here's what I want you to do. little challenge. When this episode comes out, debug. I want you to um, hype it, you know, just do a little share of the story. You can at us at Wacker Slaps on the IG. It's uh, back online. You know, it was off for like six hours today. I didn't know what to do with myself, but we're back, baby. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. So that way you can get some more coverage. You can hype us, you know, maybe we need we'll be a 10 go, out of 10 podcast at one point. If you're listening to this right now and you're already logged on, you already got the app right there, the apple music or whatever spotify wherever you listen to comment uh give us a review any review we'll take bad reviews at this point (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're big boys we could take it yeah so and also you know tell your friends word of mouth we got some merch coming online very very soon we have more classic episodes coming up we have some heavy hitters coming some more diverse picks It's, it's all happening we're really getting our you know Get our legs under us. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Keep up the good work. 
we'll keep up the good work ourselves. This has been the bug episode, London Zoo. For now, well, for it, Kiki, for our music. You already said that, mate. But thank you again, yeah. Kiki. You, <laughs> Wifey's corner. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Wifey's corner. Got it in there. Got to do it twice. All right. For now, Adrian, this is Kyle. This has been where it slips. As always, what maybe what we famous? Hit Peace out, music. Dan. Hitting the music, dance. <laughs> Boy. <laughs>